And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Griffin's here, and it's Friday, so stand the fan, Charles, and a shirt he borrowed from Bill Walton, I believe. Did you guys go to the Grateful Dead show together when you got that? Or uh, I can't comment on. That. Oh no, <laughs> because there was some there were some activities activity after, yeah. after the concert. I, I heard a lot and of him ad- trying to get in right. to see Garcia. And they were saying he's passed away, and he. Uh, I, wanna, I want Garcia. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that Bill Walton is fully, fully convinced that that's accurate. Right. <laughs> he thinks they're holding him. He, Correct. He's in QAnon. You know, he's, he Wait. agrees with certain parts of. QAnon. Oh, okay, certain parts of it. I was gonna say I don't think Bill Walton's gone full QAnon. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, I saw that Van Valkenburg, before he left ESPN, did was involved in. Um, a story that they're telling about these athletes who go to this like retreat to use therapeutic psychedelic mushrooms. And I was wondering if maybe that was what would have occurred. And that's why you Bill Walton's in that story. Exactly. Well, I don't know that Bill Walton's in the story, but something tells me, something tells me that at some point in his life, I don't know if they were therapeutic. I think they might have just been recreational. I was talking to my cousin, you know Ron Max. Yes, of know, course. Uh, yesterday. And, Baltimore Broadcasting Legend. And we were talking about ESPN. Apparently they're in for some rather significant cuts. Okay. Like mm-hmm. over 100 people. It's It's been a year, so sure. Yeah, that exactly. Makes, right. That seems like it's yeah. a yearly. So we started talking about the athletic and how w- our views of whether that could make it or not. Mm-hmm. And then I'd forgotten the New York times bought them. Yes. Small, right. small uh, piece of the equation, but we were talking how extensive their coverage is on everything. And then he, he looks, he goes, here's a tweet. The athletic has a deep dive into the dark side of women's hockey at Harvard Oh, I think I did see that story. Actually, that you know, story was uh, really that was. I mean, I, that I was really awful. In fact, yeah, it's yeah, a it terrible was a really story, awful story. But, yes. but it's fascinating that they have the depth of coverage. Now that that is an that story is important in coverage. I saw a story this week on the Athletic that was going yeah. that was going in deep into how Jimmy Butler found an espresso grinder in Milwaukee, and I said. <laughs> Look, man, I I'm not sure about like the, it's important. Maybe there's co- a, some dark side to it. Yeah, or there might be a dark. I'm like did, dark coffee. Did this require a thousand words? Yeah, right. Could this not have been a tweet? You, yeah. I'm sure you've been in a lot of meetings in your life where yeah. you found yourself saying this definitely could have been an email. Yeah. Like this definitely just could have been. Hey, gang, here what's here's what's going on. You know, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Something like that. It felt like that story, all well and good. I don't know why I read it. I kept thinking, there's got to be something here. <laughs> it, it showed up in like my timeline. Uh, Jimmy Butler's search for espresso or something. I'm like, well, was it only in Miami that he was searching, or no, everywhere? He, when they got the to, when they got to Milwaukee, oh, he was searching. He for- was looking for an espresso grinder, and it was a story about like his search for an espresso grinder for a couple of days. I'm like. That's the grave digging they teach us in journalism school. I, I said, I, I, like, I kept waiting for there to be something that was relevant about it. I'm like, I, I, what am I missing? And then here? you got to the end, and, and I, I was like, they, they just got me to read a thousand words <laughs> about a dude wanting some coffee. Why do I care? So he was looking for an espresso grinder, grinder on the road. He apparently, Jimmy Butler, has his own coffee company. Oh, is like okay. obsessed with coffee. Like he's a coffee obsessed person. Okay. And so when he goes on the road, he wants I mean, to kind of like Bill Walton on acid ex- and mushrooms. Yeah, exactly right. right. <laughs> like he wants to grind his own espresso okay, beans apparently. Gotcha. And so since they were going to be in Milwaukee for a week, 
he got there and sent like his team in search of and this is what I'm I, here's well, that's my a good use of a posse. That's you correct. Know, yeah. Why have a team if you can't send them out after an espresso grinder? I get the sense that like the guy who wrote the story, maybe his friends with the coffee shop owner, right. that got Jimmy Butler the espresso grinder, and he was like, well, there's something, it's tangential enough that I could use this as an excuse to write a story about it, because there's nothing there. Right. Like, there's- you, I just kept reading, <laughs> and nothing ever came from it. There was nothing, it was just some guy who you're owned a too coffee smart shop. To, you're too smart for your own good in a circumstance like that. You you had to believe that there was something there's a reason and all it was was just jimmy butler getting an espresso grinder that's end of story that's where it maybe that's an experiment that they put stories like that out and say hey now we'll tweet this right and see if because i we we do so much really important journalism that it'll get a guy like me to believe that there's really important journalism to be had within this story I'm really putting it over today, too. All of a sudden, people are going to be searching for the Jimmy Butler espresso. Don't. There's nothing there. He got some espresso. End of story. Did his espresso grinder that he usually uses, did it break? I mean, uh, I guess it's tough. Or he just forgot I, the pack. No, I, it's I guess so it's, important. It's, it's very heavy, so he doesn't like traveling with it. He just likes to buy. So he probably left the one behind in Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't. He got? I think he just borrowed it for the week. Oh, okay. It's not. There's Stan. Whatever you think it is, it's not. There's nothing there. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm looking for some redeeming value. I, I swear to God, I'm going to send Griffin to read the story later today, and then be like, "Wow, you were right. There's really nothing there." They did a thousand words on it. A thousand words on Jimmy Butler I, looking for an espresso I'll grinder. I bet we could do an interesting interview with the guy, though. The, the writer. The writer of the, writer. the story. And maybe like double it up with. Having uh, the writer on and, and the, the guy owner that in provided Milwaukee. the espresso yeah. grinder. It's a big we gotta we're we are getting to the bottom of the biggest stories today. Yeah. We are gonna be all over it. Uh we do have a couple of really good guests scheduled for today's show. Uh Rob Friedman. It, 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 look, I do not know exactly how Rob Friedman got to become the pitching ninja. I, I did a little bit of background on it. Uh, I know he coached high school baseball and might have been related to one of his sons trying to become a pitcher that made him interested. I do want to ask him more about he that. He went to law school. He, yeah, he went to law yeah. school. He was a lawyer. He was a, a 54-year-old lawyer. Yeah. And so, just had a, an interest in pitching specifically. Now, I read a piece last night because Griffin was kind enough to let me know what we got in store. It was a New York I, we're Times. We're trying a new thing where we produce the show. It's a new <laughs> thing we're going to give a shot to <laughs> where we're going to produce the show. You mean show. the thing that Paul and Kyle didn't do? I, look, Stan. Yeah. One out of three ain't bad, okay? okay. We love them to death, <laughs> yeah, but do. producing. Right. Yeah. Uh, to this day... They, they both worked very hard. I don't want to make it seem like yeah, I'm taking yeah, a shot at either Paul or Kyle. Uh, very, very hard work. We kid because we love, yeah, right? Uh, to this day, Rich Dubrov always, whenever anything involved with moving things around yes he says there's nobody better than kyle ottenheimer at moving things." you know around. what i will agree with that because regularly we have things pop up yep that you know <laughs> hey i get a text he gets a text back at yeah at I 10 a.m 10 30 and you already have a guest right you know that you're not going to get this and guy. i will give i will give kyle credit his his bedside manner was good right like in those situations he was very like hey Here's what's going on. Let me explain to you what's happening. Could you please, is it possible to work with us? If not, we understand. Kyle had very good bedside manners, so yep. Rich makes a good point about yep. that. Yep. Uh, I will say one thing about Kyle that was incredibly annoying. Ah, all right. Whenever let's, I, let's, let's dump all over him. Whenever, whenever I, 
either was a guest on your yes. show or I sat in. Yes. You know, like for with him for a week. Yeah. His voice, like when he's just off to the side, you're supposed to like, hey, this is Stan. You know, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. Clint's producer. Yeah. He was, hey, this is Kyle Oppenheimer. Well, okay, in fairness, he's got that voice. I don't know that he can turn it off. I, I think I, that, he like, couldn't. Legally, he couldn't. And, and I'm doing an interview, yeah. and I'm going, I can't concentrate. <laughs> I understand that. Sometimes Griffin will forget to turn his mic off yes. when he goes to yeah. call a guest. Yeah. So that'll be a little bit of that's a... That's different. That's, that's just... It's an it's, it's it's an error, right? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja. He did a video for. He does obviously the the Twitter videos, <clears throat> and he does a billion of those every day. He was doing a bunch of Kyle Bradish videos the other night, um, and he does those overlay videos. Does he like Kyle? Uh, well, it seemed like it yeah. in those videos. But again, not those the, what's the, not to like. The Twitter videos are more. He doesn't like Kyle Ottenheimer though. That's the problem. <laughs> he's got a big. That's why we just I've finally got Paul him on. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, heard he's, Paul got, he's got some thoughts. Um, the overlay video is the one that he's really famous for, where he shows both two different pitches that a pitcher throws, the release point, and how difficult it is for a hitter to recognize which pitch is coming okay. because the release is so good for both of them. But he did a YouTube video really getting into Felix Batista's splitter, yeah. which has just this insane Same whiff drop. rate yeah. like at this point this season. So I want to talk to him about that. I'm interested. I've, I've Look, like everybody else, I have followed the content of the Pitching Ninja yeah. significantly on Twitter. So there was a story uh, online, if you Google the Pitching Ninja, you mm-hmm. know, and it comes up, it's about the 10th thing. It's a New York Times did a story on him in 2021. At that time, his son was playing for Georgia. Okay. I believe baseball okay. for the University of Georgia. So I did get the sense that some of this was when his son was coming up, trying to help his son improve as a pit. Like that, I'm fascinated by the guy. He fascinates me, and it's a it's a pretty neat story about somebody yeah. just using taking a passion and turning it into a career. So I think it's a neat story. And then later on in the show, speaking of pitchers, someone who's having just a bonkers season, Mike Bauman's going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Um, I, it's so funny because a week ago. We were all panicked about Orioles yeah. pitching. And then Griffin and I were sitting here the other day when they needed to make a roster move in order to get Cobb Radish back. And we're going over the list and we're like, Who would you? Yeah, but who's going to go? Right. right. And we're, we're like, running. The, well, you don't. The only guy that we could agree with that could have gone was Voth, but the problem is he's your long guy. Right. So that's why they, Logan Gillespie, who I get, like, is not and, a world And Voth is out of options. Correct. Yeah. So it's just more a at this point, I think you could live if you didn't have Voth. Like, I think that you, yeah. you know, you could find another Austin Voth somewhere. I, yeah. I think that was more. the. But I get it. He's also you have to have somebody there that if for whatever reason your guy gets knocked out in the first inning can give you three to four innings it, at that point. It's interesting. Bowman, I, I guess Bauman with the fault of that guy. Bauman was so far off my radar because, you know, I'm constantly talking about shifting starters mm-hmm. to relievers. He is not somebody I ever gave a thought to, uh, and it's working m- almost magically. It's incredible. You know? It's yeah. unbelievable the season he's having. He is, uh, I mean, just m- in ten innings this season. Mike Bauman has allowed what one earned run, right? Six hits, five walks. So a one and how point many strikeouts. Uh, tw- 12, ten, stri- ten, ten strikeouts. Ten strikeouts. Yeah, his minor league numbers for four hundred and twenty-three innings or something. He struck out four hundred and thirty-one or four. Yeah. You know more yeah. innings. 
you know. So we're going to talk to him about how this has worked so well this season. Hopefully we won't jinx it. Hopefully he's not going to say, hey, shut up. I don't want to talk about it afterwards. Well, it'll be interesting to talk to it, – it also sounds like Bauman, the one thing he doesn't have uh, is, is great ground ball rates, is how a pitcher who statistically is aware, the club and the pitcher – are where he's not getting the percentage of grounders. Oh, is it? Now, yeah, you got me messed up. Is it Bowman? It might be Bowman. Now that I think about it, I've I've gone so. both ways. You know, we got to make sure. Ba- I think it's Bowman. I think I thought it was Bowman, and then all right, we'll look into it. We're, we're gonna get Griffin. We, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do some show producing today. That's what we're gonna do. Today. Off the side, yeah. he'll whisper <laughs> to him. By the way, uh, yeah, you know. just so, just so you guys know. Yeah, and um, out me. Don't say Glenn didn't know. Right, say, right. say our our co-host today, Stan the yeah. Fan, doesn't. Well, know. the funny thing is, I know we've had him on the show like a hundred times before, <laughs> so I don't know why it is. Anyway, that's all coming up on the program today. Really quickly, I'm not moving the Lamar meter today. We're just going to oh. leave it. At, we're going to leave it at 95. Lamar meter brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. There's nothing. There was nothing in the last. Tyler Huntley doesn't help. Uh, what, what? Move the needle. What would that? What, Did in they what sign him or? Yeah, yes, he's he's coming back. Tyler Huntley is. Uh, what 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 way do you want that to be impactful? Um, means because he's good friends with them, so goes up half a percentage. And okay, uh, <laughs> I got nothing for you. Ninety five is the number. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Tyler Huntley is going to resign his restricted tender on Monday, apparently, and report to the Ravens. So, so how much will he make this year, roughly? Like two and a half, I three million dollars. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Two point. Uh, 2.6, $2.6 million that's good, is what he'll That's make. a great job. If you can, if you can find the work, I would take it. Yeah. Um, but that just allows them to have, uh, their, you know, when they get together for OTAs, they'll have a quarterback in camp in order to be able to throw the ball to somebody. I guess Anthony Brown would have been there too, but they'll now have multiple quarterbacks in camp. That story is, it pops up the minute you put in the pitching ninja, it's like the 10th thing the, down. It's how Rob Freeman, B- Friedman became, became the pitching ninja March 11th, 2021. Okay. All right. Um, so, yes, I'm not moving the Lamar meter, Stan. I just want to get that out of the way. Glory Days Grill brings us the Lamar meter, and we love them. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The, the Glory Days Grill always goes trends up. Oh, it, uh, 195% for Glory Days Grill. I was over there the other day with the uh, cauliflower wings. I did the uh, Honey Old Bay on the cauliflower wings. That was That was delightful. Uh, always encourage you to get over to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. By the way, speaking of Lamar, last night um, Gary Stein was unable to be in with us, but I ended up with Ken Zalas yes. last night. We did a an interesting, wasn't a deep dive into the draft that you know, like naming naming untold players and where they're going to go. We talked specifically about the Ravens. Their 22 draft, yep. what they might do to get more picks than the five that they have currently, and whether a quarterback could be a consideration at a certain point, uh, and just and we also talked a little bit about a Jabo. I was asking Ken, could you almost include him as a draft pick, a wild card? And he says, well, you really can't do that. But any analysis of this draft. You have to factor in Roquan Smith because, because that's that why you gave up pick, the number right. two pick. Right. You know. No question. You know, we will. Interesting. Um, look, I, 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 we'll come back to the draft. Let me come back to it because yep. this is the last show you and I will do before the draft. I want to just start with the uh, Orioles pitching. Wait a minute. This is the last show we're doing? Be- no, before the draft. Oh. I said before. before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, oh, I got some bad God. news. Yeah. 
as you said, you're going to do this back. show. Stan said he was going to do the show until cut, he... There are big cuts coming <laughs> yeah, in the press box. Stan said he was going to do the show until he dies. So... Taking Stan out back today. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, a week ago, as I mentioned, we were all panicked about Orioles pitching. Since the second inning on Sunday, they haven't allowed a run. Which is more relevant to you, the start to the season for the Orioles pitching, or the fact that since Sunday, they haven't allowed a single run? Which is more... Wait a minute. Yeah. Which, are, what are, are my you, options? Is it? Are you still more concerned about Orioles pitching oh, because okay. of how poor it was, or are you more convinced that that was a blip on the radar and that they have righted the ship because of what they've done since I think the, the quality the quality of pitching we've gotten from Michael Bauman, Danny uh, Danny Colome and now Grayson Rodriguez and factor in the games well, this I would throw Yenier Cano into that conversation. Y- yeah, I forgot him, of course. Yenier Cano and the way that Kramer and Bradish pitch as starters this week has me tri- like if there were a pitch Orioles a pitching, pitching meter. a meter, yeah, it would be like 80, 84, wow, 80, 82 percent. Wow, right now. that yeah. is a bold bump, yeah, confident because they've got two really good arms coming back, yeah, and, and we're Givens. scratching our heads. Who are you going to get rid of? One thing I've learned in 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 watching Mike Elias operate, we finally have a guy when he makes a deal. It's somehow he gets something thrown into every trade he makes that is, aha, there's like an aha moment Mm -hmm. down the road. You know, one of our largest investors originally in PressBox was a guy, he passed away in the last year, Brad Mills. And Brad always used to talk about in business the when the whale oil comes okay you know meaning like you you you, you all of a sudden you get this surprise the ship comes in and it's got whale oil okay in it, all right know. all right all right uh Yannier Cano has to fit when they acquired him I said okay throw throw in I mean mm-hmm. I think he had last year wasn't it like a 9 ERA something, in the I minors mean, was, or was, something was, like that there I I saw nothing yeah. that suggested that this was a guy yeah yeah, and when they even in fact when they brought him up, we were all saying why? Like I think the right. reaction was why wouldn't this just be DL Hall? Why right. wouldn't you just bring DL Hall up at this point? Oh, because um, they're busy. I know they're, they're stretching him stretching. out. I understand they're stretching him out, Stan. That's what they're working on, and and we'll see whenever that comes to fruition. Yeah. I mean, he's been a, a marvel. He's been an absolute revelation. Yeah. What he did, they put this dude in with two runners on base the other night, and he was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I I said this on my show the other day I did with Ross. It it reminds me of one of the things that I most liked about Earl Weaver, too, is because all of us were scratching our head when he used Gillespie in a mm-hmm. key situation mm-hmm. on Saturday, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. And then on Sunday we're going, geez, a whiz, he's really got this is what he's got? Well, first of all, you've got a limited number of people that you can go to to begin with. Two of your best are hurt. And and the starters aren't giving you the innings they need. But the one thing Earl Weaver always did, and this is what made him a great manager, is when he had a player on his roster, he had confidence in that player being able to step up and perform, or he lobbied to not have that guy on, on his, his roster. roster. Yeah, and I like that about Brandon Hyde. Don't give me somebody that I can't use in a, in a real situation. Yep. We remember under Buck, there was often the A bullpen and the B bullpen, yep. right? Like the A bullpen was the guys that you would use. The B yep. bullpen was for if a game was out of hand one way or the other, then we'd use those guys yep. to the point where 
these are the guys we have. If they're here, then I've got to be able to use. I've got to be able to use them. You know, it's a, it's a fair point to make. I actually wonder, as as we're just sort of wondering out loud, I, does CNL Perez still have options? Um, because that legitimately would be that's the interesting. would probably be the guy to go at yeah. this point, right? Like, well, he or Aiken probably. Yeah, because Aiken yeah. Has seemed. And and it's not a criticism of Aiken's pitching. Mm-hmm. And isn't there? There's a maximum, right? You can only have thirteen, 13 pitchers. Yes. Yeah, okay. you can't send a position player back in order to pull another pitcher up. And I guess there's an argument that maybe you could you would either have you, you could make Aiken your long man if you wanted both to be the one to go. But to your point, if both is out of options, then right. You know, you keep him as your long man, and you get and Aiken's the guy to and go. And while it's not a fortune, I think they're paying both like a million eight, okay, or something like million okay. seven, yeah. And they'd have to eat that, and they don't yep. seem they're, like they want to. It's eat not that. the type of thing that they tend to like to do. Right. I don't disagree with that. So you are you are of the belief that this is he's yeah. out of options. Perez Perez is out okay. of options. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do there. Like, it, look, it's early, so there's still time. But at some point, you're going to have to make some sort of decision on guys because, you know. Yeah, the one other option, seriously, if all of a sudden Gibson is pitching, and, and let's not forget Cole Irvin in the mix somehow, mm-hmm. you know. He they he it, wasn't great in his first minor league start. He no, was, he six innings, yeah. three, three ERA, so he gave up two runs in three innings, and I think he had two or three strikeouts. Um, but – but let's let's not jump overboard on the fact that they've given up on him. No, I don't think so starts. at all. Right. They had a desperate major league situation on their hands. Um, but you know who else is an option, perhaps, would be Grayson Rodriguez. Remember, they want to control his innings to begin with. Uh, if the starting in, in a week's time or 10 days' time, the starting pitching is humming along – he might be the guy that goes down one more time, and it's explained to him. We want you to get in. We want you to stay sharp. You're going to pitch one time over the next two weeks down there. You know, it's a way to shave some time off the clock. They only have one off day between now and May 10th. Right. It's weird. They have the schedule's so dumb. Yeah. They have two off days this week, and now they don't have. They have one off day between now and May 10th. I just, right. It drives me nuts yeah. that that stupid schedule. And really, they have. They have two off days between now and May 22nd. They had two off days this week. Now they have two total off days between now and May 22nd. So they're going to need five starters for a significant amount of time. They're not going to have the ability. Although I would make the argument that those off days might, you might start trying to get clever now about when you skip Grayson Rodriguez starts if your other starters are pitching well. Are humming along. If Kramer continues to pitch well, if Bradish pitches as well as, you know, obviously he pitched this week. And as sure as we're sitting here, Glenn, there's going to crop up some injury. injury is going to crop up. Of course, an injury is going to come up. But to the greater point, you believe that this is a stabilization of Orioles. Colson, I think I fixed it, by the way. Uh, It's it's a stable. You can go back home, Colson. Yeah, right. Thanks for nothing. Uh, (laughs) um, In fact, oh, you got to do it. We have to shame you. We have to walk you out in the streets and, and shame you. Um, you believe this is a stabilization and in, in, on the whole. I, I like this pitching staff and where it's going right now. Okay. I, I think, uh, you know, Chris Holt and the team they've assembled around the pitching and maximizing what people do, uh, you know, to me that's a cover story next year. It's okay. How, you know, sort of how Chris, what the secret sauce is what I would call it. 
All right. Ten- tentatively. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. And I get John Panisi, who did the artwork. Right, for this uh, current print issue of Press yeah. Box. We've Jack, come up Jackson with some Holiday kind of and... sauce thing, a theme, you know, like a can okay, of Okay, I'm listening. Holt, I'm uh, listening. Holt sauce, All right, I'm listening. The secret sauce. You can go get that print issue, by the way, right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all at pressboxonline.com as we look into the pipeline that's still very much there, despite the fact that Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, all came up. There is still a lot to be a had. A lot to like. We had, uh, we had Heston Kerstad on the show yesterday, of course, um, who has been just unbelievable. That story alone of where we were thinking that was a wasted pick to now legitimately being able to buy into the idea that Heston Kerstad is absolutely a middle-of-the-order bat in the major leagues, given how ridiculous his numbers have been dating back to the fall league is a just an un- unbelievable the, story. F- the fascinating story again, and I did a Zoom about three weeks ago with Eric Garfield, mm-hmm. the former yep. snowball yep. king of Sarasota yep. from Baltimore, but lives in Sarasota. Actually, technically lives in Bradenton. Ah, let's get but, it right. But he gave me insights, and I don't know if you talked to Heston about that, but how hard this kid worked by himself. You know, all he had to go against was Eric kind of covering him sure. and being there. Eric wanted to do a story on a coffee grinder right, that Heston that was... Kerstat was looking for in Sarasota. He could have used Jimmy Butler's while Jimmy was off in Milwaukee. No, but, it, but this kid, it didn't happen by accident sure. that he got all that lost time back. He has no rust on him no, now. It's, it's unbelievable yeah. the numbers he's putting up. And the, all these guys that we're talking about and that, that are covered in this print issue, you can go see them this summer, and we're trying to hook you up. Here at Press Box, you want to go see all of Maryland's minor league baseball parks? We're giving you the chance to check them all out. Head over right now to pressboxonline.com slash contests. Not offers. Not offers. That's, we'll get to that. Okay. We're going to do that, too. But this one is pressboxonline.com slash contests, and you can sign up to win four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 to help you out on your way, and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. You must be 18 or older to enter, and the sweepstakes ends June 14th. But get over to PressBoxOnline.com contests right now to sign up and go check out all the minor league parks this summer. Well, you think yes. my chances are good? Uh, I do not. Be- I do not believe you're eligible, Griffin. I'm not so eligible. Sorry. I'm so sorry. All right, I'll have to you. use my I'm my pseudonym. So... What if we fired him now? Okay. All right. You, you can do that. Yeah. You can do that. Um, Mike Bordick brought something up to me the other day, Stan. Before we get to Rob Friedman. Yep. He's. You know, it's funny because a year ago, everybody was all up in arms every time Adley Rutschman was out of the lineup. He says he's actually a bit concerned about the fact that he hasn't had an off day so far this year. 18 games played. Adley Rutschman has played all 18 games for the Orioles this season. Now, he hasn't caught, obviously, all 18 right. games for the Orioles this season, but he has played all 18 games. Are you at. He was, wasn't he out of the lineup one game? I mean, he st- maybe he came in in the eighth inning um, or seventh. Maybe inning. one. He has started. I don't know. He's got 18 starts listed. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't. Doesn't sound correct to me. I think it, I've I think got it the is. score he, sheets at home of no. all. Okay, I mean, I, I he's listed as making 18 starts on MLB.com, so he's at least listed as starting every every okay. game so far this season. Are you as Adley Rutschman has been beyond everything that we could have ever expected from him? Are you at all concerned about the fact that he has been used as significantly as he's been used, and on top of that, he's caught 
13 of them. Right. Like they have he has really been worked so far this season. Uh, not not at his age. I'm not particularly that concerned with it and it's clear that uh, manager Brandon Hyde really is on top of of the usage that that he gets behind the plate. Uh, so I'm not that worried about it right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can I I am not it wasn't something that was on my radar necessarily. And clearly, it doesn't seem to have impacted him at all so far this season. But I, I get the argument that at some point during the year, there's a chance that maybe that can start to wear on you at, yeah. at some point, especially when you are the most important bat in the lineup. I think that comes into play like when you start getting weather like we're supposed to have today mm-hmm. in a 90 degrees, mm-hmm. when you get a lot of starts in a row in Baltimore that starts at 90 to... degrees. Yeah. All right, we will monitor that, see right. what the impact is. This is our first ever opportunity to catch up with uh, this guest and somebody whose content I've obviously been uh, taking in significantly over the years. And You've been addicted to it. I mean, dude, when he does these overlay videos, you just watch them over and over and over again. They're incredible. Um, and he did he did some uh, some content about Felix Batista about a week and a half back that really caught my eye. And I said, I really like to chat with this guy. You know him as the Pitching Ninja on Twitter. He's Rob Friedman, and he is with us now here on GCR. Rob, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. Really enjoy your work. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, man. I, I, bef- before we get into Batista, and I, you did some Bradish videos the other night, I just for people that don't know your story, because it's so fascinating to me, I love the fact that you're someone who took a passion and turned it into a later-in-life career. Can you give us the sort of, you know, I don't know, it's tw- 30-second version of how Rob Friedman became the Pitching Ninja? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out because, uh, like, I was just coaching travel baseball and high school baseball just on the side. I mean, I was a lawyer and started started tweeting stuff, um, just like stuff I learned because I wasn't this great baseball player. My son's very good and played, played at Georgia Tech. But, I, you know, it was like I, grew, I taught all these kids and just tried to learn the truth about pitching as opposed to, like, what I was taught or what everyone else was taught. And started sharing it on Twitter, and it just started taking off, not only with just normal folks, but, like, MLB guys started right. chiming in and asking me questions and stuff. And, like, I didn't expect any of it. So it just got big overnight, and, uh, you know, it's been – that's kind of the story. One of the, one of the things that's such a story is the, the word ninja. If you had, put, <laughs> if you had said the pitching, the guru. pitching guru yeah. or the pitching lawyer, <laughs> nobody would have paid attention. Where did you come up with using the word ninja? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If it was pitching lawyer, I'd have no followers. Right. Um, that would be the worst name ever. But uh, it, so it came from my son's – my son was wearing a bandana um, around his mouth. It was like a cold day, and – one of our other coaches said, you know, you look like a ninja. You should be the ninja because my wife's Japanese and got a half Japanese. Half oh, American. okay. So, uh, you know, and then he, he didn't like it. And I'm like, dude, I'm the ninja. I'm the coach. So I'll be pitching ninja. There it is. There it is. History was made that day. But before we get to Felix <laughs> Batista, the, the part that you just brought up there, it's one thing for people to enjoy your content on the Internet. When you Darvish is reaching out to you, like when you when you have these scenarios, dude, like do you find yourself just sort of pinching yourself? Like what what is my life? Yeah, yeah, like literally all the time. I don't, you know, it's one of those cool things, and it's why I drop everything, no matter who it is. Like any MLB guy that reaches out for something, 
it's not something I would ever even dream of charging for or anything. It's just like an honor to be asked. So I always think it's really cool. And it, I love it. Like every time that happens, I'm in, yeah, totally in shock. It's so cool. It's so cool, man. Rob is now involved with Peacock and MLB Network and MLB.com and FanDuel and Fox. It's just incredible the work that you're doing. Um, Rob, you, you did this video and you brought up the, the whiff rate for Felix Batista's splitter. H- how can, like knowing now what you know, how can you explain what it is? Felix Batista, who was never on anybody's radar necessarily, other than he was really big, of course. Um, what what he's been able to do with this pitch, you know, that only all it does is offset the fact that he can also hurl it in at like a thousand miles an hour when he wants to. <laughs> Isn't that one of the cool things about baseball? I mean, it's 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 almost like like you know the story I just told about me. It's like these guys are you can come out of nowhere. You're never totally written off. And he obviously had a lot of talent, big dude, and just put it together. Why do we categorize people early in their careers like, oh, you're not going to make it, when you just don't know? And, you know, obviously has a ton of tools, and it's ridiculous stuff. It's, it's interesting, Rob. We, we've got a pitcher we're going to have on later in the show who was about five, six years ago was sort of the bright, shining star in the Oreo minor league, uh, you know, system. Michael Bauman, and uh-huh. and Bauman is finally in the major leagues with a steady job. They've moved him into being a relief pitcher. How many stories are there out there of guys that just something slightly askew and then they change something and all of a sudden they make it? Yeah, it, it's more than you would think, and it's it's actually one of the holes in scouting that you'll see is a lot of people, a lot of scouts traditionally, they categorize somebody and then they just write them off and don't think that they could ever get better. And a lot of times it's just this guy working hard for himself, like, I don't want to give up yet. Yep. There's something here, and I keep digging and digging, and they find it, but yet they may be off every scout's radar. It's not just people in MLB organizations. It's guys that have never made it and never made an organization that later in life, 29, 30, right. figure it out, and all of a sudden they're good. Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja, is with us here on GCR. Rob, let me go back to this. When Zach Britton was in Baltimore, his sinker was maybe the most unhittable pitch in baseball. It was like I would sit down to watch baseball knowing I'm going to get the joy. I felt like I was watching Led Zeppelin do you know, cashmere or something like that, right? Like it was that incredible seeing Zach Britton throw that sinker. Are we getting to that place with Felix? Like when you th- That whiff rate is nuts with what Felix Batista is doing with the splitter. Are we getting to the place where it's one of the more unhittable pitches in all of baseball? Oh, I don't think there's much of a doubt about it. Like when Batista gets on the bump, I drop everything. So he's one of those guys – if I'm dropping everything, that means he's at that point. Yeah. Like, I know there's something I may never see again or have seen before that's going to happen when he pitches. So, absolutely, we're getting there with, with him and his splitter. And the combination of that and his fastball, just just crazy. And he's, you know, even can work in a slider every once in a while. Like, I don't know what you do against that dude. What are the other most unhittable pitches in baseball right now, Rob? Um, I, I'm, I, I love Devin Williams's airbender. Yeah. Number one, cause yep. I came up with right, the name. Right. I was, and, uh, but two, it's just a, it's a ridiculous pitch. Shohei sweeper is one of them. Um, just the break on that thing, but combined with his hundred mile an hour fastball makes it really tough. Those are ones that, that kind of jump out off the top of my head. 
I, I'm fascinated by you just said you, you have to stop everything when Felix Batista pitches. How many pitchers are there right now that like when they're either when you know they're starting or when they they come into a game? How what how deep is that list of guys at the moment that you say I don't care what's going on I'm stopping everything because this dude is pitching. Uh, unfortunately for my life, it's growing and growing, so that like I have to drop everything all the time. Um, but it's, yeah, I'm saying it's maybe 20 pitchers that I would okay. do that for. Like it's it's like you know Shohei or Spencer Strider on the bump starting, um, Degrom starting, guys like that, or or Duran for the Twins. Like you think 1,300 mile an hour basically splitters is not fair either. Like, that's crazy. Rob, in the era of, you know, metrics, statistics, analysis, and all that, you know, one of the clear things that people love to see on a pitcher is a high strikeout rate coupled with a high ground ball rate. Uh, Do you ever see a pitcher that is not getting a ground ball rate that, that teams would really like to have him at? Do you know how to tell him how to how to throw to get ground balls what he's got to do are you that technically savvy in terms of teaching the art of pitching well i mean i definitely can can help with it the problem with it is it's they can be mutually exclusive because what gets you whiffs doesn't necessarily get you ground balls i mean you're talking about a lot of elevated fastballs and okay and sweepers that can be hit in the air when you have a high moving uh, a high velocity pitch like bautista's that moves downward. That's what's and, and moves downward combined with a fastball and hold its plane. That's really what you're looking for. Like it's a perfect combination. But other guys with nasty stuff. You have like Dustin May, who's got nasty stuff. Even Jordan Hicks don't have ridiculous strikeout rates because they rely on sinkers a lot. Okay. And that's just you know creating ground balls, but they don't get the whiff. He is Rob Freeman, the pitching ninja. He's with us here on GCR. Rob, you were you were clearly watching Kyle Bradish the other day, and Bradish had a great start to his career a year ago, but you know, unfortunately, got hurt in his first start this year. What did you see in that first start, as far as his arsenal is concerned, and his ability to back up what he did to begin his career? I, I really liked his off-speed stuff. I thought it was wicked, and and uh, it reminded me of why I liked him so much. Yeah. I thought he looked great. And I'm looking for him to have a, you know, to, to jump back on that horse and have a great year. That's the pitching ninja saying that, by the way. So we can take that to the bank. <laughs> That's the way that works. Take it to the <laughs> bank, exactly. I'm curious. We here have been sort of waiting with great anticipation for Grayson Rodriguez to make his major league debut. Pitched uh, 10, 12 days ago against Jacob DeGrom in Texas in an afternoon game. And it uh, wasn't great, uh, but he got over that hump. Then his second start against the White Sox this past weekend gives up four runs in the first inning, and we're going, okay, he's back to Norfolk to get ready. And then all of a sudden, the real Grayson Rodriguez showed up. Were you able to watch any of that? I watched the whole thing, and and this is the thing about young pitchers, and and it's just it's tough with fans because fans want to win now, and you have to be patient and go through the bumps and, you know, bruises of, of being with a young pitcher that has crazy stuff. I look at stuff and I thought his number one, his changeup really it's stood amazing. out to me as, yeah. as carrying him through that last start and just dominating with that. Cause you combine that with an upper nineties fastball. It's, it's a nightmare. Um, so I, I look at stuff and continuing to improve throughout the year, but you're going to have road bumps. You're going to, it's just not always going to go straight up and down. 
just be patient with the dude because he's going to be an absolute stud. To follow up on what Stan said, obviously the first inning has been a problem for him, both in Chicago and back in Texas, that start against DeGrom. Is it, when, you, when we talk about nerves, like is he just not making his pitches in those moments? Like what, what is it that you've noticed that's been the issue in the first inning specifically with Grayson? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the perils of being a young pitcher. He's figuring it out. And the, the biggest thing to me isn't how you start in those games, it's how you finish. Eventually you figure it out because what they do right is leave him out there. He struggles at the beginning. You could pull him and say, you know what, I, I, I've seen enough. Let's bring on the next guy. We're going to win this game versus letting him figure it out. So next time he's in that situation, he can say, I figured it out last time. I can do this again. And eventually that window of the first inning gets smaller and smaller and smaller and he can keep it consistent throughout the whole start. So great job coaching him with that and having patience because, you know, you got to invest in these guys and let them make mistakes because that's the way they're going to overcome it later in their career. Rob, I'm wondering, we asked you who your, who your must-see pitchers are. Mm-hmm. If you had five pitching coaches, you, you had a team, and you wanted to put together who the staff is, who are the top five pitching coaches you think there are in baseball right now? Because to me, Chris Holt's got to be one of them. He would definitely be one of them. I think he's done a, a fantastic jar, job. I, I'd put uh, Strom up there. Brent Strom has been uh-huh. generally fantastic. Um, I know that Caleb Cotham knows what he's doing as far as just like coaching pitchers. Um, really, really smart young mind. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, so I don't want to go through a list. But that, that's that's kind of off the top of my head. Okay, this is, this is pretty obviously the, the results in Arizona, except for of course Madison Bumgarner, but he's not there anymore. <laughs> right, so it's, it's not, not his fault. It's not the problem any Let longer. Let me jump in. Do you see any way that Madison Bumgarner can get back to being anywhere? Is it near is it a risk? Was? Say that's worth a team that's trying to compete for to take. I mean, I think it's a it's a risk a team, especially to have a guy that can eat up some innings. I don't know that you're ever going to see him back where he was because his velo isn't where it was. Yeah. Um, and it's just a natural thing. Like some guys can live without velo. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw, for example, sure. has been you know equally as tough as he ever has been without that uh, that eye opening velo. But I think Bumgarner he does have perception, so I can see that and ex- and with crazy experience and. Would you ever pick against him in a postseason? Like he's just always, it it just in, it embedded in your mind how good he was um, in the postseason. So, would you take a chance? Maybe, yeah. But I, I also can see him never, you know, never regaining that form. Uh, if I could, before we let you go, and I really appreciate, Rob, this has been a lot of fun. Really having interesting, you on. Rob. Um, the, you you bring up that I I want to go back to for just a second here. We're, we're, as we talk more about all of these guys that you have watched and all these guys that you have done, these these is there anything that you, during the course of your career, like a guy that you saw that you were so convinced was something, one way or the other, that has been most drastically different from the first time you analyzed them, the first time you did a video about them? Is there anyone that you say, dude, I can't believe, either either from a guy that I was in love with, that which way it's gone since you started doing this a few years ago? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say, oh, Coda Glover, I thought had ridiculous stuff and got injured. Um, I expected him to be good for a number of years. Say the reverse, Clay Holmes is somebody that kind of everybody wrote off mm-hmm. as, as being nothing, and he's turned, he turned himself into a, a lights-out closer. Um, so the guys like that kind of stick out to me, guys that they don't 
say this. A lot of them historically had been at Pittsburgh for some reason. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, Tyler Glass now, yep. Garrett Cole, uh, Charlie Morton. You had a bunch of those guys that were like, oh, yeah, whatever. They're, you know, they're never going to be anybody, and they all became something later. Got it. one last question for you, Rob. How familiar are you with D.L. Hall before I ask my question? Uh, decently familiar. I've seen him pitch. Yeah. I, I, I did talk radio in Baltimore for like 25 years, and one of the big arguments I got into with assistant general manager Kevin Malone back in the early 90s was that I thought the Orioles should turn Arthur Rhodes into a relief pitcher versus a f- keeping him as sort of a struggling, failed starter. And he would argue, oh, he's got too much talent. Eh, P.S., at the end of the day, yeah, he's, selling, just... he's selling cars now out in Los Angeles, Kevin Malone. I mean, he's, we love he's Kevin. General, Kevin's one of the nicest general manager ever. of a yeah. Mercedes <laughs> dealership. One of the nicest guys but ever. The point is, do you have certain pitchers that you say, this guy is a relief pitcher, not a starting pitcher? Yeah, I mean, that definitely happens. Look what happened with Matt Brash, who came up as a starter, yep. struggled, and now the Mariners have him as kind of a ridiculous, you know, the relief pitcher piece. I still think he may be able to be a starter somewhere in his career, but why? Like, at some point, that's kind of what he should be, right? Like, yep. um, I definitely think there are those types. There are people that, that – there are pitchers that just like pitching every day or like knowing they can go out there every day versus guys that, you know, live for that – once every five days type thing. It's there's a mindset thing. There's a whole bunch of things and just a lightning stuff and not being able to maintain your velocity and, and stuff throughout a game. I so always, yeah, there are definitely pitchers that are like that. I Absolutely. always, I always couched it in the term that there are certain pitchers who it benefits to come to the ballpark, not knowing whether they're going to pitch. They got to stay on edge rather than have five days, four or five days to worry about how they're going to do something different uh, I, I just the word you used was perfect mindset. Yeah. yeah, you just nailed it. Like there are definitely guys that they love plotting it out. They love scouting reports and doing their homework and pacing themselves and being ready for that fifth day. Or there are guys that that would rather you know, hey, throw me out there. I don't care. I'm going to go a hundred miles an hour for one inning, and that's just all I'm going to do. And, you know, it's just a totally different different mindset. And some guys just have that killer instinct that they want to go out there and destroy somebody for an inning and you know Bautista is one of those guys he is Rob Friedman the pitching ninja Rob we really appreciate it. what can we plug for you I know you're basically everywhere nowadays oh I'm, I'm everywhere like I don't need to be I don't need to be plugged I'm good hey man be, uh, subscribe to my YouTube of course channel. of course that? YouTube and at pitching ninja on Twitter are you still exactly. are you still are you still a lawyer Rob yeah if we have a problem here <laughs> <laughs> if you have a problem with your pitches, call me. All right. All right. We'll, 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 yeah. I am still a lawyer, by the way. Yes. Okay. Hey, man. Uh, really awesome chatting with you. Truly enjoy everything, all the content you put out there. It's great stuff, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja with the Terrific CRGCR. Guess. He was great. Right. He was great. I really enjoyed that. I'm glad we uh, were able to connect with him. I sent Griffin on a bit of a wild goose chase. I was like, hey, this guy's out there. I don't have any contact for him, which is very rare for me. I've got nothing. Find him. I want to get him on with Ross and maybe like another six ah, or eight yeah, weeks. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Absolutely. The talk. two of them talk together. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Great stuff with Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja. Hey, real quick before we hit this break, um, where are you with Max Scherzer? Like, are you 
this is a controversy? Are you you think that his explanation there's some reason within that? Where are you with all of it? Uh, I th- I think he did a a disservice to his team, uh, and just should have owned up to you know to some form of a mea culpa saying you know. And he's since dropped his, yep, uh, his appeal, appeal yeah. uh, claiming which he, which he says I can't win anyway. I can't win anyway, rigged, and he right? wouldn't win it. But uh, the the notion that suddenly somebody's out to get Max Scherzer, you know, I mean, they apparently there was a dialogue going on for a couple innings where they said, "Hey, mm-hmm. wash your hands," and he came out stickier the third time. So I, I really don't have much sympathy for him. And I think he did his his team a real disservice because so many pitching injuries they have now. Right. You know, with Verlander, Carrasco, uh, Quintana, they're they're really struggling. They do get back. Joey Lucchese is supposed to start tonight's game. Here's my issue with all of this is, like, I can't compare this to even a steroid. You Like, I'm still struggling with the sticky stuff concept because so many hitters were like, no, we want these guys to use sticky stuff. We want them to have better control of the ball. So I I don't know where the line is between... That's a different argument, and and it's a good point. What you're doing is manipulation and cheating versus what you're doing is just trying to have grip of the ball in order to have have control of it, which, again, the hitters... So I'm I'm in a weird place with, like, how how I come down... Max Scherzer's been one of the greatest pitchers of a generation, right? Like, he's arguably the greatest contract ever given to a... I don't even know if it's arguable. I'm pretty sure he's the greatest contract ever handed out to a pitcher. A big money contract ever handed out to a pitcher. I don't know that I'm going to change the way that I feel about Max Scherzer because of this incident. No, I don't think he's an out-and-out cheat. I think he's done during his career, but there's a new... You know, the, they're cracking down on this, and for him to put his team in jeopardy for 10 days, I think, was really foolish. Shows that there might be something that he needs to have to be Max Scherzer when he's 38, 39 years old. I understand old. that. You know, I had a guest on my radio show maybe 30 years ago, and it was equivalent to pulling out the pitching ninja. It used to be this guy in the Delaware Valley that – had he supplied the mud to Major okay. League Baseball right. that they used yeah. to rub the balls? That Ernie with. Tyler would use to rub up all the balls, yeah. right? And they don't. I don't think they use that anymore. And and I, I would ask him, well, what is to take the shine off the ball? But it's really to take the slipperiness. Correct. Off the, the idea ball. is to make it something you can grip you can better, grip which is better, which is which the is con- what you want the pitcher. But, which is do. why this has always been so weird to me, right? Like yeah. I I get it. We see <clears throat> some of the stuff that guys are putting on their hats and all that, and you're like this. This is way over the top, and yet only a few hitters would say – there were only a few guys that hitters were like, come on, this is ridiculous. And remember, the pushback from hitters, for many of them, was, I don't want you to get rid of all of it. Right. I don't want you – We want them to be able to control the baseball. It's just the crazy goop that we're like, this is way over – so I don't know where this is. Do you remember the Michael Pineda where he had all the stuff up on his neck? That was very high on the list of, of, okay, this is – what is this? But the, one of the most famous moments in all of baseball is the famous George Brett home run off yes. of uh, uh, Goose Gossage, mm-hmm. and they came out and ruled that he couldn't use that bat. Yep. He was using the it illegal tar, yeah. because it had pine tar up, mm-hmm. up on the... So. 
All right, Stan the Fan is here. As he mentioned, not only this week did uh, he catch up with Ken Zalis last night, but he and Ross had Mike Boddicker on the program on Monday. You can find those shows right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash video, or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. When we come back in, Stan, I want to talk about these experimental rules. I've been talking about them for a couple of days, but... You're my baseball guy, so I'm going to let you share your thoughts on what it is they're doing in the Atlantic League this season that clearly Major League Baseball is at least thinking about because that's the reason why it's happening. We'll do that next. Stan's here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Remind me what that is. I know I read about it. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualify teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. Stand the fan, Charles, who's, in who's studio. Who's the talent on that spot? That's Paul Valley. That's Paul Valley. Was that on Paul Valley? That's Paul Valley, the host of the Bat Around, of course. Tomorrow morning, he and Zach will be with you from ten to noon. Stan will be a part of that. Uh, last time I had Andy on was 21, so I, I'd be okay. okay. You know, I, I, I like Andy. I do. I think he's, he's got a new book smart. out that is perfectly timed. It yeah. came out about a month ago called 
Goodbye, Oakland. Yep. About the history of the A's in, in Oakland. Hey, uh, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan, the Atlantic League is going to be experimenting with three new rules this season. Okay. Now, the reason why they do this, Major League Baseball is partners with the Atlantic League, and they say, hey, we want you to try these things because they're at least considering them. Whether or not they'll ever happen, we don't know. But it starts in the Atlantic League, and let's work through these things. Now, we know the Southern Maryland team is in the Atlantic League. The Waldorf team, the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, mm-hmm. is the, the Atlantic Crabs, League. Yeah. I forgot that Frederick is adding an Atlantic League team Correct. in addition to the Draft League team. Right. They're going to have two separate league teams. Right. The Keys are going to be the Draft League team. And, they're, they're, and I, then, I understand they're going to have a name Yes, thing a name to, contest to, yeah, for the Atlantic name. League team that's going to play in Frederick as well. So there's going to be two teams now in Frederick. Um, both playing at the Harry Grove Stadium. and You know, my brother, Alan, his middle name is Frederick. I did not know What that. do you think about the Frederick Allens? Or, um, so anyway. <laughs> I, that may be the worst we'll name. Put it on the list, Stan. We'll, we'll send it out there and see what – I don't think it's going to be the winner, but yeah. – there are no bad ideas. I think it's the. What point. was the name of the? There's. In, what, I, what was the name of the indoor football team that Ted Leonsis brought? Brigade, here? the Baltimore the Brigade. brigade I remember going team. to his son, Zach. Uh, yes. Zach, uh, who's a great guy, uh, and I, I suggested a name. It was the Baltimore Tugs. You know, Tell, tug tugboats. Tugboats. Okay. All right. That's better than what I thought you were going. <laughs> which. Got to be honest with you. Maybe if Robert Kraft started an indoor, but if he started an indoor football team, maybe they could name it the Tugs and play it in Boston. They could go that route if they wanted to, given his his. uh, So the Frederick Griffins would work, maybe. All right, so we're just going to move on. on. All right, it's time to move on to a different topic. Anyway, the Atlantic League is experimenting with three rules. There's one that I'm not. Two of them, I think, are insane. I mean, utterly insane. The only one that I would say, I'll hear you. I don't think it's necessary, but I at least hear you on. I love when you ask a question and pre-biased it. Oh, I get my opinion. Well, I've been talking about it for two days. Everybody knows my opinion, so I'm just leading it into where you are. All right, go ahead. Is the fact that you would only be able to throw over. There would only be one disengagement disengagement allowed per batter. I don't think that's necessary. I also don't. I, I get it. Everybody hates when there's just throw after throw. It's the worst part of baseball. For fans watching in the park, for fans watching at home, just get on with the baseball. I, I, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't lose my mind if that rule came into play. I just it's don't think just it's unnecessary. unnecessary. Very much unnecessary. You That's know? where I am. Uh, and they're also having it at two gives you a crescendo and builds the drama. Okay, what are they going to do after he's thrown over the second time? Mm-hmm. To, to have it on every, every face-to-face with a base runner on that that he can only throw over once doesn't build the moment to me at all. I guess the question is, have we seen anyone attempt a third pickoff yet? Have we, no. Have, we have not I had. I have not seen anyone. I, don't, I certainly have not seen. And I don't watch quite as much. I don't no. watch. I really don't watch much baseball that isn't the Orioles. I, so. I think pitchers, by and large, have done a great job with adjusting to the clock. You oh, know, I don't disagree you know, with that. Yeah. Right? I don't disagree with that. Yeah. So that was the only one to me that I was even palatable. To your point, we agree on this. It's right. not it's necessary. It's just not necessary. But yeah. if, if it came, I would, would not. What would the purpose be to, to shave off another 
one minute off a game. And I th- I think their argument is get rid of the part of the game that, that is just there's no benefit to the fan. Right. There's no benefit to the fan for you to be throwing over. to. F- they're so right. rare that you ever get a pickoff that right. it's just not a play that's really worthwhile. I right. did notice um, the Nationals. I remember you and I talking about this in the offseason that we were, were we going to see more catcher attempts at pickoffs. Pass, but, uh, um, well, uh, Pitch outs. Pitch, pitch outs. Right, correct. Pitch were out. we going to see more of that? We didn't. In the ninth inning the other night, the Nationals tried it, and um, what's-his-face wasn't even at first base. Like, he was <laughs> six feet behind the base, and he's like, he didn't even bother to move. <laughs> he's just like, really? We're doing this? <laughs> That's what's going on here? Well, the main advantage you have on a pitch out isn't picking the guy off of first. It's anticipating he's going to run. Right. So and you're not getting involved at all with – the batter swinging yep. and throwing it, and and you can call a fastball like ninety eight miles an hour gets there fast. Yep. As you, it gives you that advantage. But I just so. haven't. We haven't seen a ton of no, it. We, we haven't have seen not it at seen all. A lot of pitch out attempts. I have not seen the automatic runners running once the two disengagements have taken place, like immediately. Yeah, running. that's a good point too. Like just deciding, hey, if you can't throw over, I'm going to take I'm off. Gonna, I've got an advantage here. It's interesting. There's yeah. still only so many stolen base artists in baseball at this yeah. point, right? So I don't know if that's yeah. part of it is that there's just not the But confidence. the steals are up. Yeah, the steals are up, and, I, and we expected that with both the, the uh, pickoff rule as well as the larger it's interesting. Bases. They're up all over baseball except for Route 66, my fantasy team. Boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. They're not up who's, with Who's that let team. you down the most? Who is it that you were the expecting? Injury, the injury to Jose Siri. Ah, yeah, that, that'll do it. That'll do it. So that's the first one, right? And we okay. we agree that it's unnecessary. I I would still live with it. Totally unnecessary. The next two I think are bat s insane. Okay. The next one is like comical to me. It is softball esque. It is an anytime pinch runner that can be used throughout the course of the game. That you can have someone on your roster uh, to the point you could yeah. just hire Billy Hamilton. Right. Or somebody go to a track team, find a track guy, right, right. and say you get a place on a baseball team. That's all you're ever going to do is run. That's what the Kansas City A's back when Charlie Finley owned them, and when he moved to Oakland, he got a track guy mm-hmm. to come. He knew he could only use him one time, right? But he in he a big did spot that. late yeah, in the game. Too much of a stunt to me. Well, I mean, the hell, the Royals tried to do it with uh, Terrence Gore and and Hamilton yeah. for a few years, yeah. right? Like on those teams that were good, they. Yeah. In late innings, you knew that guy was coming in, and you knew he was running. That right. was the way that it went. Right. But um, there's a but there's a consequence. Right. You to lose him, and you lose this. This would be you could put that guy in. Right. You could run for James McCann gets a base hit yep. late in the game, and you you don't run for him because you're going to lose him. Correct. But now you don't lose him. You know you can put James McCann right back in in the bottom of the inning. I, I think this is this is manipulating. This is it's truly manipulating, manipulating the concept of the sport. Yeah, I agree. I am. I agree. I, I mentioned this yesterday. This is you where have you have to leave the some of the bones still there. You know the skeletal structure. Right now you're starting to take. Why it don't off. we just start doing 15 man orders? Why right. don't we start like? Right. Why not have everybody on your roster playing right. the game? Like there, at some point, baseball still kind of has to be baseball at the core. We got in a debate about the shift, and the debate that was being made was. The intention of the sport of baseball wasn't for shifting. The intention of the sport of baseball was to have... It was the design of the field the way it is. Right. You you have somebody here, somebody here, somebody here, leaving places all over right. the field that are open for someone to try to hit into. Right. So when you change the rule, 
you were really just getting back to the intention of the sport of baseball, the bones of baseball. Obviously, there are still people that debate about the ghost runner and extra innings. I am a fan of it because, to me, it gives you old baseball back. It gives you station-to-station baseball. I get it. It's it's fake, if you will. It's forced. But it's it's baseball. It it does what I said that the cutting the disengagements from two to one, the the ghost runner – creates interest i yes. mean it's interesting you know sometimes you, you used to settle in and I, nobody loved the 19 inning game more than well, me when i'd be you're a night out keep in mind stan I'm watch, yeah exactly stan is up until all except right. thursday nights he's up until all hours of the night most right, nights right but this the ghost runner to me makes the game more interesting i'm amazed how many times uh and when you bet baseball watch. a little bit it's like you you go, God, that was easy. They went ahead, and then you, you forget. You've, you've been you betting forget. baseball on your phone here in the state of Maryland? A little bit. It's weird that you're allowed to do that. Did you go over to yeah, – Well, it's legal press, now. Did you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers? I did. Did, I you, did. did you maybe sign up for points bet and get yeah. your uh, first uh, – Yeah. You know, make that make that deposit? Yes, and I you, did. You, you, when you deposit that $50, did you get those five second-chance bets? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Man, I can't believe you. Yeah. PressBoxOnline.com slash – I needed slash? all five – yeah, <laughs> right. I needed. I'd like them to change that rule. You were like a five hundred, no, like ten, ten yeah, uh, second chance. Pressboxonline.com/slash/offers if you want to sign up for that. No, I, I, the, it, it creates a sexy part of the game. Like this is an exciting. Yeah, right to it's exciting. You, you've got to watch. And you I like how easy off. it is to score a run because you score one run in the top of the inning. Yep. And you go, well, wait a minute. It's just as easy for the other team to get one run. And I'm amazed how many times there are comebacks. From a yeah, team somebody scores one in the one, yep. that the other team comes back and gets. Well, that two. happened in uh, Chicago, obviously yep. last week, right, with the Orioles, where they scored one in the top, and then yep. the White Sox scored two in the bottom. That's the way yep. it goes. To to your point, uh, or to my, I guess my original point, I get that that was kind of farcical, but it was in extra innings. I'm okay with saying I would never be okay with somebody saying let's start every inning with a runner on second base. Right. No, right. I understand. Right. That's not baseball. This is very specifically. We're going to play a nine-inning baseball game as Mr. Doubleday intended, right? As all of the founders of this sport intended, we're going to play nine innings of baseball. After that point, we're going to do something slightly different. Slightly, because we just can't have people. Not everybody's like Stan. Right. Not everybody can stay up all night watching baseball. And most people, as soon as the ninth inning ended, were leaving the ballpark. We're turn- I. We could be doing this forever. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. So I was okay with that. But I understand this, this pinch runner thing. Yeah, it's is just be- too it's why It's beyond the yeah, pale to yeah, me. Yeah, it yeah. is beyond yeah. anything that is natural to the sport of baseball. Yeah. So I am vehemently opposed to it. It makes the decision-making, by the way, it, it's not interesting decision-making. It's like there's no interest in it because there's no consequence. Every time somebody gets on base that right. isn't a super fast runner, right. you're just going to pull them right off of base and put the other guy in. Right. That's all you're ever going right. to do. It's not interesting to me. And either. you're going to slow the game down. Correct. The, the runner's going to come out and need to stretch, you know. Right. I'm I'm opposed yeah, to it yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I'm, I understand the intent on the third one, but I am also opposed to it. The third one is the double hook. Uh, You've got to explain that to me. I so haven't heard of the double hook. The double hook concept is... If, does it involve hookers? I, I, not, not to my knowledge. It could, I guess. Yeah. I guess they could look into a way that it yeah. could be involved. I'm, 
I don't know, but this not right now. You get me involved with double then, hookers. Then and we'll, I'm in, then, I'm, then, now you're talking. Wait a second. But this now is the double hook. Uh, now wait a second. You were just down in Sarasota a couple weeks ago. I know what Till's there's, doing when he goes down to Sarasota. There's no, there's no uh, hookers down in Sarasota. Number of times old no. Till would be like, hey, Glenn, going down to get my batteries recharged. <laughs> All right, buddy. Love you. Um, so the idea of the double hook is to basically try to prevent openers. They're, how do we rid ourselves of openers? Baseball, of course, is now in bed, to your point, with sports betting. And as we know, baseball betting is just betting starting pitchers, right? Yeah. So in order to, to try to prevent teams from using openers, let's go with what's called the double hook. In the Atlantic League, the concept will be five innings. They haven't done it yet. Have not. Well, they're, they're going to experiment they're with it. They're about ready to, to yeah, experiment. It's going to happen. Your starting pitcher doesn't make it five innings. You're going to lose your designated hitter when you pull your pitcher. Don't like it at all. I hate it. Yeah, that, that's a bad, bad it. idea. The uh, issue that I have with it is so, so you're trying to get you're trying to force a team with consequence, you know, negative consequence. You're trying to force them to use a pitcher who's not effective. It's really that's risky the for the pitcher. In, if, if the thing bad. that you think is a problem that I don't think is a pro- I don't have an issue with the opener right. as a baseball fan. I have no I problem either. with the opener. I don't either. You think it's a problem because of gambling. Also, I do understand that baseball, I, and I made this point the other day, baseball wants to preserve the art of the starting pitcher because we all know that there, when you have a good starting pitcher or a good starting pitching matchup, mm-hmm. there's more electricity to that game. When Shohei Otani pitches in Baltimore, if he pitches in Baltimore, it's going to be, you know, you're going to get 5,000 people that show up that day just because Shohei Otani is pitching. When you're in a place where they have a viable ace, when Justin Verlander was pitching over the years, or Scherzer or Kershaw, there is much more electricity within the city on the day that guy is pitching. I understand baseball in general wanting to protect the starting pitcher, the concept of the starting pitcher, because it has behooved them over the years. It has always been more excitement, you know, whether that's for TV ratings, ticket sales, whatever, when you've got a legitimate big-time starting pitcher pitching. No but question the, about it. But the opener hasn't ruined starting pitching. The no. opener has not made no. it so teams suddenly don't think starting pitchers are valuable. It's taking away Austin Voth starting every fifth day. It's getting the, bo- the bottom end, because there aren't five aces on every right. team. It's getting rid of the bottom end of starting pitching. Especially when you factor in pitching injuries. That's 100%, in a 162-game season where all sorts of stuff occurs. So I don't think there's a problem with the opener. But if they had a problem with openers, I still think there's a better way to go about it. Because to your point, Stan, the double hook, what it really says is no matter who your pitcher is, we're going to make this game worse. Either you're going to have to keep getting your brains beat in by leaving the pitcher out there, or we're going to drastically lessen your chances of getting back into the game by taking one actual hitter out of your lineup. Mm -hmm. That, in what way does that help the product of baseball in any capacity? But you're forgetting if it's coupled with the designated runner, oh. the runner, <laughs> the, the runner. I thought you were going with the designated hooker. You add hooker. more offense into the game. No, it's, te- it's a terrible idea. The double hook is a terrible, terrible It's notion. amazing to me how many smart baseball people, like, sell you on the double hook. Yeah. Like, sell you on the idea of it for whatever romantic feelings they have about, well, we don't want to see starting pitchers only go three innings. We're trying to... If if there was a way to say, and I, and I brought this up the other day, if the baseball could make a rule that we are now telling you you have to identify your five starting pitchers at all times. Right. That you have to announce 
every week, these are the five starting pitchers that we have. And in, in order Kinda for... like a football way you got to be public with your roster. Something you, along yeah. these lines, right? You have to at all times designate these are our five starting pitchers. And if you want to change that, you either legitimately have to send someone down right. for a certain number of days or to the injured list for a certain number of days or to the bullpen for a certain number of days, right? Like what? Th- but, but then you'd get into the whole thing about about play service time and all that. It gets it too becomes, complicated. And it becomes probably too wonky to do it. Yeah. And that's why I would essentially just say you're going to have to accept that they're going to be openers. Yeah. Like it's just it's okay. You know who'd it's, be you know who'd be a great guest. It it hasn't publicly come out that he's behind all these. Theo Epstein would be a fascinating guest to get. Theo Epstein. Yeah. I feel like we had a number for him at one point. Yeah, I might be. Well, yeah, I'm sure yeah. if you called MLB, yeah, it's that, to go he, that, that he would come on now. Whether they want him getting much credit, I think because up to this point, I think the rule changes have been very smart and well thought out by people like Theo. Joe Torrey, I'm sure they're and Bucks, have not, they talk and the have Bucks not show drastically over. changed the sport. The heart of, of the game, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and look, obviously the the extra inning thing is drastic, but it's it's, it's drastic. It's unique it's, to the extra innings. Yes. It's not drastically changing the nine innings of baseball yeah. that a game is supposed to be every night. It's ju- that's just changing the way a baseball game ends after that. My point. one change to that would be I'd probably let let you go 10 innings. I think we have talked about that before. I, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I right, also, I'm, just not I a, I'm not opposed to I'm it. I'm not terribly opposed to the way they do it now. Correct. And, and I, that was a rule. What's interesting about debating about these, that that rule, when I first read it you like were eight years ago, I said, this is the dumbest thing I've yep. ever seen. And I had to admit, like two years ago, all of a sudden I go, this is like really more interesting. It's and more it's, entertaining. It's, it's so funny you bring it up because I actually was you. Now I was much quicker than everybody else, right? right? Like it took me seeing it one time right. in that pandemic season, and we all remember the the air high fives. Right. The first time I saw it, I said, "Oh my god, this is baseball!" Like this is the thing that I loved growing up. This is not dudes walking up and just swinging for home runs or swinging out of their shoes for seven innings. And this is. What I liked to watch when I was a kid, and yeah. you were trying to go station to station and move a runner over, and yeah. I loved this. So I was very quick, but I was, it's hard for people to remember, when it was announced, I was the exact same way. When it was announced, it was, this is cockamamie. Yeah. I mean, this is nonsense. What are, we, what are we doing? We're just doing silly things. Only until I saw it, and then I said, oh, my God, this is, this is everything. This is incredible. Like, this is everything I could ever ask for. I don't... I, it's, they're still not using that though in the postseason, right? No, not in the postseason. Okay. The postseason, they're saying it's pure. Yep, we're going to play post-season. play baseball until you determine a winner the natural way. So, I think that's a good. So then, realistically, how likely do you think that we end up seeing these rules? I mean, every time they announce these rules, we are what were the ones, up in arms. So the Atlantic League, they experimented with the robot arms. They did the robot arms, and they have not obviously adopted it yet in baseball. Yeah. But we're all still pretty convinced that it eventually will. Come. Yes. there might be like more uh, technical stuff that might have to go behind it. I, I, right. I, might be my guess. Um, but I'm, yeah, trying to, I mean, I'm trying to remember the other rules they adopted in past years. Hang on a second. Here in 2021, two new rules were thrown into the DH. Well, they apparently already tried it once in 2021. What the D, the the double hook? The double hook. Yes. Yeah. They apparently already attempted that in 2021. So I don't know if they did it in a different way hmm. in 2021. Um, the double. 
typically been divided in the double hook rule would be a compromise utilize the dh spot come on get to the point i hate <laughs> god it's like when you ever try to look up a recipe on the internet sit on the site longer and and it's just you got to read like when i was a child growing up on the prairie my father would make that this for us like, god damn i just want to know how to make this quiche please just tell me how to make the effing quiche um this was I, I can't even remember what was different about it. I really can't remember what was different about the double hook in right. 2021 till 2022. It's a bad idea. It I, really I'm just is. opposed to it in the whole. Oh, they moved the rubber in 2021 as well. They moved it. Um, That's a bad idea too. They yeah. moved it to 61 <laughs> feet, and so they just mm. moved. They moved it a foot. Jeez. I guess is a what foot they did. back. A foot back yeah. in the Atlantic League in 2021. Yeah. So I guess the point is that like. They don't all yeah, just penalize people that have freaky talents. You would have never had Nolan Ryan be what Nolan Ryan That's was. That's a good point, right? You know, if you move it back. That's a very good point. Yeah. I guess, to Griffin, to your I point. I still have a few. Yeah, you got to cover every now and then. That's why we bring you in here on Fridays. Just we hope day. that during the week you build up some really good points to come in and deliver to That's us. That's what I try to do. Griffin, to your point, I think that it is not a certainty that these things will come to Major League Baseball. I think that's what we're seeing as we look back on some of the other rules they've experimented with, that they have not always immediately translated to those rules coming to Major League Baseball. But it at least shows that it's it's a consideration. Clearly, the double hook thing is something they are... The yeah, fact they that really... That they have, I, they're trying it again. I guess, I mean, it's, it's got to be to your point. You know, they, they want starters to stay in the game. They want to have a starter. Start the game and stay in the game. Yeah, but that's, and, it's just again, awful. It's just, it's it's just awful. awful. Why, it's not awful. Do, why not do, you, get, you know, like an average innings thing, you get another draft pick. You know, if you have through okay, the course of the year. to try to encourage more. Encourage, you know. I, more look, pool money. You know, it's really, I can't believe I'm saying this. Drew was trying to figure that out yesterday. He's like, how do we do it so it's not a penalty? Right. But instead a reward for your starting pitcher's innings pitched. How do we try to and that try and up the average innings pitch. Right, maybe you know. that's your answer is that you get a competitive balance pick. The the top 5 teams in innings starting innings pitched that season get a competitive or balance pick. The team pick. gets a million dollar bonus. Okay, now the flip side argument of that would be the people that are furious about Bruce Bochy because they say that he threw Madison Bumgarner's arm right. off. Right. Like are the teams stop protecting their their arms and who says that because to me madison bumgarner ruined, yeah, his, a, ruined his own career with the motorcycle accident he was never the same pitcher since the motorcycle i saw accident. a cu- there was a tweet that was going around that was getting a lot of traction yesterday that was a picture of bumgarner lincecum and kane yeah all together and it was getting there was a tweet that was getting traction about you know, everybody wants to praise Bruce Bochy, but think about how much longer these guys' careers could have been if he wasn't, you know, making them throw their arms off. Right. And I, I, my reaction immediately was, I don't know what the job of the manager mm. is. Bruce Bochy won three World Series. Yeah. So you want me to criticize him? Right. He did a pretty like, good job. He did right. what he was supposed yeah. to do. I, I, I don't. Madison Bumgarner is going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean. Is he definitely going to be a know, Hall of Famer? I don't know if three, he's going to be a Hall he, of Famer. He won three World Series. In, oh, Buster Posey in won three years. World Series, I would argue. Like, Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if Bumgarner's totality of his career and just the freakishness of his World Series. Look, Kurt Schilling had a better career than Madison Bumgarner. 
and he won two World Series. Shelling, I would, I would probably argue that's yeah. true. Uh, uh, yeah, he. Wait, no, he's, was he on another one with Arizona? But he, was he, he won on one a, with Boston? He was only on the one in Boston. He wasn't on the second. Sock, no. He, okay, he, all right. One. I am. Um, that's an interesting. It's a really interesting yeah. argument about Madison Bumgarner. I'm not. How many wins does he have? Like one fifty-two. Yeah, it sounds about right. I'll let Griffin pull that up. I'm trying to pull. There's a there's a Hall of Fame like predictor that Baseball Reference has, and I'm just trying to find out. Oh, like they like do a score or something. Um, yeah, they. Hall. Well, this is not a this is not a good argument. 134 wins. They have Madison Bumgarner with a Hall of Fame score of 59, which would put him sounds right. Sounds sounds high. Two points behind Armando Benitez. Jeez. 134 not, wins is not, not a Hall a, of Fame. Not a great sign. I guess yeah. I guess it has to do with you know when I was you know when I was growing up, Madison Bumgarner was well, he the was nails. Pitcher. There's no question yeah. that he was and nails. He dominated for six years. And I don't I don't one. think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a it was a damn good big game pitcher. Is exact. I, maybe you compare him to Andy Pettit in that way, right? But I think Andy Pettit's closer to the Hall of Fame Much than closer. Madison I mean, Bumgarner Pettit is. Pettit won 220 right. games or something like that. All right. Um, just because we're bringing it up before we take another break, and we're going to get to Mike Bauman here in a minute, um, you asked that question of Rob Friedman. Is there any world in which you'd be okay with the Orioles being the team to, say, take a flyer on Madison Bumgarner? I don't see, I don't see the need for it here. I certainly don't see a need for I it. See, I see nice his ball. best two chances would be with the Dodgers, believe mm-hmm. it or not, or the Mets because of the flurry. Neither one's going to claim him. On I, and I guess They're my that would be my shot my question the, would be if you could do what you did with Matt Harvey right if I, and I don't know maybe there's enough of a demand for Madison Bumgarner that he doesn't have to do that right if it gets to a point where there isn't that much interest and you could say to him dude we're you're coming here to pitch in AAA right and we'll see what if happens that was, if that was the the way they could bring him along to to work in the organization I doubt he would be I don't think so much either interest. And remember, when they took the flyer on Matt Harvey, they didn't have Kyle Bradish, no Kyle Gibson, right. Dean Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, I guess the second, like when they did it again, right. knowing the suspension was going to be there right. and knowing that he wasn't, right. they, they were going to have to have a major league roster and then they would have Matt Harvey in the mix. I guess right. that would be the way that I'd be thinking about right. this. Like almost right. as an insurance policy. In a lottery ticket, yeah. right? Like yep. a if, if. He's willing to do it. And again, to your point, why would you be willing to do that if yeah. you're Madison Bumgarner? I don't know. Some guys just really love doing this and right. you know, would be willing to to do anything in order to try to get one more shot. Yeah. I, at this point I mean I'll tell you, another team that could possibly take a flyer on him is Tampa Bay uh race. Sure. With with Glasnow yep. Springs uh, Springs and there's another pitcher, her uh, uh Eflin's on the oh, right, right. too. Yeah. What if what if the Orioles use him as a bullpen arm? <laughs> like is that mm. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't, point about the doesn't offer me anything yeah, more no. than Danny Colomb and Keegan Aiken. I don't, di- I don't disagree. I that. certainly right now wouldn't want him in a leverage spot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I couldn't see that at all. Austin, all right. Austin Voth's spot. You know, have a yeah, left, have yeah. a right-handed vote and a left-handed vote. I don't know if we need that Bumgarner. many. I don't know if we need that many votes. I don't know if that's necessary, Stan. I think I'm opposed, in fact, is what I would say. I'm not a big fan of uh, signing Bumgarner. Yeah. For the Orioles. I, I tend to agree with you. God bless him. If some team wants to give him a chance, you know. And look, and if they do, and it's for, again, a lottery ticket, if it's for nothing, I'm not going to be furious right. about it as long as he's not given a major league right. roster spot. As long as it's the, 
He's going to go down and pitch in Norfolk, and we're going to see if there's something there. I heard Mike Farron yesterday, by the way, talking about because he's very, you know, he's plugged into the Arizona thing. Although that, I didn't realize he left the Diamondbacks to do. He's doing college baseball now for ESPN. I didn't know that. Who? Farron. Farron? Yeah, he's not doing Diamondbacks he's not doing Diamondback. anymore. Okay, but yeah. he still knows. Yeah, he's still he out there. Where right. the bodies still, are. Yeah. He said that uh, Brent Strom is t- had ties with Elias. Okay. And apparently Brent Strom and Bumgarner were really there was a lot of friction. Oh, well then, yes, it would seem very unlikely yeah. at that point. Expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC plumbing and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available more at ajmichaels.com. Mike Bauman is having a heck of a start to the season. He's going to join us next. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's! Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co Co-host Zach Goodman will be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Hey, we are giving away an opportunity for you if, let's just say, maybe uh, they do sign Madison Bumgarner and he reports to a minor league affiliate. You could go see him this summer, courtesy of 
us right here at Press Box. Where would that be at Delmarva? I don't know if it would be at Delmarva. Aberdeen. Uh, I think that it probably wouldn't be there either. I, I just Bowie? would guess. Maybe, maybe he'll end up with an Atlantic League team. And no, I don't. they don't have an affiliation, so that would not work, unfortunately. Well, yeah, that look, wouldn't be he, the case. He wants to play baseball. So. Hey, have you seen – I, I know a lot of you maybe have gone out. Like, perhaps you went to the gas night at the Bay Sox or something like that. I you, was there been, gas night at the Bay Sox and, last year. Well, that's every night you're there, Stan, because you're – were you saying he's gassy? gassy? Yeah. Oh boy, jeez! No, you were just to, praising Griffin I went earlier. To the gas too. can. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. It was a great night. It was an excellent. It yeah. was a, a magical night. Um, I bring that up because perhaps you've not been to all of the area minor league parks, and Pressbox wants to give you the opportunity to do just that this summer to see the likes of Jackson Holiday and Kobe Mayo and Heston Kerstad. Heston Kerstad. He may know, be out yeah. of the state pretty yeah, it soon. Might, it might not be uh, much longer for Heston Kerstad. Hell, it might not be that much longer before he's in Baltimore at this point, given how he's performing. Um, you can head over to pressboxonline.com slash contests right now and sign up to win four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams. Wow. All of them. Plus... An easy pass Maryland on the go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around to all of the various minor league parks. So we're taking care of all of that. That sounds you. like something Colson came up with. It does seem like a really smart idea. It's a smart idea. Unlike that printer situation that he helped us not at all with, but he did come up with a really good idea. You got to be 18 or older to enter. The sweepstakes ends on June 14th, so go right now to pressboxonline.com/contests in order to sign up. Stand the fan, Charles. This guy that's joining us right now is off to an unbelievable start to his season. He has been dynamic. He is Orioles pitcher Mike Bauman, and he is with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn and Stan. It's so great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, always happy to be talking with you. It's been a while. It's been too long, man. I'm really glad that we're able to do this again. I'm particularly glad that we're able to do it right now because, bro, what got into you this season? Like, what was what was the off season like? Did you, you know, settling into a new role, did you feel something coming coming into this season? Yeah, just um, just kind of getting in the – getting in a nice routine and getting into the swing of things, you know, had a nice, nice off season. And, um, you know, you know, we have a great bullpen and we just kind of feed off each other and, you know, winning can be contagious. Michael, I've, I've been a fan of yours for, you know, five years or so since your name started being prominent in the Oriole farm system. I'm wondering at what point this off season or in spring training, did they come to you and say, Hey, we really want to convert you. We think your value to us is in being a relief pitcher. Was it in spring training, or had they told you that during the offseason? Uh, it officially happened in spring training. I had a rough outing against the, against the Blue Jays, and after that they called me in and said, hey, we think this could be the best move for you and the best move for the team. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, whatever I can do to help, I'm, I'm here for it. So you honestly embraced the opportunity rather than viewed it as a negative. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's like I said, whatever I can do to help. And I'm just happy to be here. So it's such a fun team to be a part of. And, um, you know, showing up to the field every day has been great. What you just said there to me is such a big part of that story, right? Like how much, you know, I don't know, two years ago, would you maybe have felt a different way about it at that yeah, point? Yeah, 
then looking around and obviously, you know, having a guy that you've been friends with forever in Austin there. But like what's happening right now feels really special. How much does that genuinely change your approach when something like this happens? Um, you know, I'm not too sure about a couple of years ago, but it's just, you know, when, when this team is as good as it is and it's such a exciting team to watch, you know, I get to watch from the bullpen every day and um, it, it's, there's just so much energy and you can feel the buzz of the stadium at Camden every night. And even on the road, we have, fans that travel so well so Dude, you, were you, know, the, you can feel the excitement in the air when, when you awesome. were in in the ninth inning on wednesday and everybody had moved down and it was just oh, orioles yeah. fans left at the ballpark i know you've you know unfortunately in baltimore there's been a lot of the other way around over the years so there's been a lot of yankees and red sox fans how freaking cool is that moment pitching when it was nothing but orioles fans at that point in the stadium oh it was so cool it's like a home game you could just feel the buzz in the air and it's just such a uh, it's such a cool feeling it's hard to describe but um, yeah, being able to finish the game and, you, you know, just hear the cheers at an away stadium was so cool and so different. Mike, um, the, you, you've been a unique player in, in sort of your Oriole career. You were signed during the Dan Duquette regime, and now Mike Elias comes in, and there's a whole different approach to, to teaching pitching. It's much more analytically driven. Um, hey. Talk to me a little bit about what you think Chris Holt has done to help you and also Darren Holmes, who was a pretty darn good relief pitcher at one time. Well, yeah, they've well, they've really helped just kind of emphasize my strengths and just kind of show me where I can get better. And over the years, I've you know, there's been some struggles, but definitely been able to lean on them. And um, they, they've helped me through everything. And I've, I've, become you know I've, I've become a better pitcher because of it you know it's never going to be a straight line and there's always going to be some rocky roads so I've been able to help you know I've been able to lean on them and they've been nothing but you know great mentors for me he is Mike Bauman he's with us here on GCR Mike we hear so many times from guys about like the mentality change when you move into a bullpen role like can you can you take me through do you have to? How do you become a psychopath during those innings? How do you get to that place where you don't know when it's going to be? What do you do to pass the time? Like, what is it like? And is it as crazy as some guys pointed out to be as you make that adjustment mentality-wise for coming in out of the bullpen? Yeah, I think everyone's different when it comes to that mentality. But you know, for the first first few innings of a game, the bullpen tries to keep it light, and then as soon as that phone starts ringing, everyone everyone locks in and that's kind of when, um, you know, that's kind of when the lights turn off and it's just, or the lights turn on, it's just, you know, focus, tunnel vision. And um, that's, that's when the adrenaline starts to hit. I'm imagining you like a pro wrestler. Like, you know, you're like putting on like your makeup or something like that in the bullpen. Like I'm ready to go, like going from just being sort of casually there to sort of like hulking up, if you will, as you come in, is there anything like that? I, I don't know about that, but it just kind of clicks. And <laughs> next thing you know, you're sitting in the locker room and you just kind of black out for a little bit. Mike, uh, the the relief pitcher mindset, it's so vastly different. Could you talk a little bit about the difference between knowing when you, you have, say, a bad start or a so-so start, sort of worrying about the next start versus just coming to the ballpark with – kind of like a clean slate every day, but but having to be on edge that you might pitch that night. 
Yeah, absolutely. As a as a starter, you know, you kind of as a competitor, you know, you never want to have a rough start, and that kind of hangs over your head for the next, you know, next week essentially, and and then kind of as a relief as a reliever, it's just like clean, like you said, clean slate every day. You know, it's a new game; anything can happen, and you could your name could be called at any moment. Now, the flip side of that is a relief pitcher like you are currently suddenly you really develop confidence that you can get major league hitters out. Do you think that there'd be, I'm not saying it's going to happen with the Orioles, but do you think now that you've gotten this run run of confidence that you could go back to being a starter? Would you like to go back uh, to that? Or, or are you really happy with the level that you're at now? I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at now. It's, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm I'm enjoying this role and um you know I'm I'm just I'm just, I'm just happy to be a part of this bullpen. There's a bunch of strong arms and it, it's really great. A bunch of great guys. It's fun to dominate. Like it's <laughs> awfully fun to be succeeding at the major league level. It's a cool thing. Uh have you do you guys yeah. have any are there any bullpen games that you guys have been playing? Um you know there's some would you rather games that Okay. um Danny's brought in and um yeah, that, that's pretty much the main one right now. All right, hang on. So we play Would You Rather Wednesday here. I don't know if you've been on. I feel like maybe you've been on a Wednesday before, and I might have done this with you. So we do Would You Rather Wednesday. This week we did. Um, did you see the video of the screaming baby on the plane that led to the screaming older gentleman on the plane? Are you familiar with this viral <laughs> video this week? No, I didn't see okay, that. Dude, so the guy who actually was very funny but like was legitimately screaming about it, apparently the baby was screaming for 45 minutes. And then this led to an older gentleman who was also screaming at the top of his lungs. It created an entire scene. So the would you rather was, would you rather be on, would you rather be on that plane or just have been stuck in a three-hour delay at the airport for a next plane? Oh, I think, I think I'd rather be on that plane. Okay. Hoping that my headphones drown out the noise (laughs) and I can get to my destination quicker. But once you see the commotion, I feel like you're not going to be able to distract yourself from it. Like, I feel like, to the point, like, you're going to try to block out the screaming baby, but once now people are standing up and, like, there's the flight attendants are coming back, I I don't know that you can still continue to be distracted. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, you could just be in an airport and have, not a word in the world. That's what I'm if saying. You're not in a rush to go anywhere. You got Netflix you know? there. You got. You're good, right? I'm just happy at that yeah. moment in time they don't allow guns on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, <God>. I mean, <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm God. very happy about that. That's the case. Would, would you be rather be sitting? Would you rather be sitting next to the man or the baby if you're on the flight? Oh, it's got to be the baby, right? Because like, what do you say to the man? Yeah. Like, it, right, you know, like. Least- I think it has to be the baby in that situation. I think you're I right. I think you punch the old man if you're if you're a rub, if you're like Michael Bauman. But now you're not going to be allowed to he fly. Punches, no, he 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 did it for the greater good of the plane. <laughs> That's what you tell the no judge. No question. You say, dude, you got to let me fly. I was I was trying to help out in those circumstances. Um, Mike, the fun that you guys are having, and we see it. Is is there a way for like the pitching staff to co-op? The Homer hose. Is there a way for you guys to have your own thing that you do? Like, if you end an inning with a huge strikeout, can you create your own thing or just take it and say, Tim, can, do we get the drink from the Homer hose when we do something big? I don't know. We've, that's been in talks in the bullpen. Um, 
I don't know how we incorporate it down in the dugout, but we've talked about trying to find, you know, like those hoses that they water the field with. Yes. Yeah. Kind of bring one into the bullpen whenever we hit a home run, just have like a waterworks celebration <laughs> down in the bullpen. That's a very I cool idea. That. I love I that. I love that. Yeah. That is dope as hell. I don't know how they haven't already figured out a way to make that work yet. <laughs> that would yeah, imagine I don't know. It, We'd have to pull some strings. But. If they could do something with the lights too, like what they do when Batista comes in. Yeah. And they could create like a water display. Oh, that would be awesome if they could pull that. <laughs> Michael, how? I don't know if fans celebrate more for the home runs or for the celebration. Uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty close. And Michael, how cra- are you guys out there in the bullpen? Do you have a screen, a TV there that you're like when Bautista comes in a game? Are you aware how? I, I guess a lot of times you're already back in the clubhouse because you've been used prior but how insane it is watching him pitch right now uh it's it's like playing a video game it's like whatever he throws no one's gonna touch it um but um yeah no we don't we don't have like a live tv or anything but whenever those lights start blinking you hear the whistling from um the wire it's just kind of it just gives you goosebumps like all right this game's over Dude, the, the, spl- the splitter is insane. Yeah. Like, it's just insane that that pitch. I think someone hit, like, a ground ball off it the other day. You're like, oh, my God, he actually made contact. contact. <laughs> right. And, Michael, do, do you know who the pitching ninja is? Do you follow him at all? Rob- we had him on the show earlier in the in uh, today. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. So you, you're barely, like, you're not really on Twitter anymore. You kind of dump Twitter at this point, right? Well, I got hacked back in December. I haven't oh. figured out how to get back on yet. Oh, dude, you're not missing anything. Just stay away. You're good. <laughs> Just stay the hell away. There is nothing good happening there. Plus, you don't get to actually be Mike Bauman anymore. They take that away. You're no longer allowed. And your to social security number. <laughs> and Stay the hell away. So you really, you got hacked and you just sort of gave up? You were like, eh, not worth it? Yeah, I don't know how to get past this. You know, you sign up for like double authentication thing, and I can't, <laughs> I can't get into my own account. Wait, so it's texting someone else? Like somebody else is getting a text? Like, hey, Mike Bauman, oh, yeah. you got to tell us this is you. That is rough, yeah, man. If you ever see any outlandish tweets, uh, it's not for me. Oh, okay. Now that all right, where they didn't? Did you? Oh boy, I didn't realize that was part of it. I totally missed that, man. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. That. Hopefully, that's not. Oh, God, man. I hope that's not the case. Mike, just in general, where this team is at, the mentality, to go back to what you said about the fun of it, can can you describe the genuine feeling that you guys have about what it is that you're capable of accomplishing given the group of guys that you have together? And also, you know, like there's still more to come. There is still like more help that's going to be on the way in the coming years. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of talent. But I think you saw it last year. I think the guys in the clubhouse knew what they were capable of doing, and then they started to show that. And then this year, it's like, all right, yeah, now we we know we can compete with the best of them. We can we can win any given night, and um, that that just gets contagious and carries carries over from day in and day out. And there's just, it's like I said, it gets contagious, and you just that belief continues to grow. And um, you know, we we know that we can do something special and really really make some noise in the league i see you got engaged i did congratulations I did. man that's awesome when now wait Thank a second you. how does this work do you do you like have you set a date 
Are you like, hey, let me go win a World Series and then we'll figure that out? Like, where are you at with that? The date's December 2nd. You guys are more than welcome to come. Oh, definitely. Um, you know we're going to be there. We'll send candlesticks. They make a great gift. I don't know if you've heard. It's a Bull Durham reference. Oh. I have no idea if that even registers with you at all. <laughs> no, I got that. No, yeah. So December 2nd, looking forward to it. She's a lovely lady. Um, and, yeah. That's so awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. That's awesome. Michael, uh, I guess you've gotten to know Grayson Rodriguez pretty well the last couple of years. Any doubts in your mind that he can can really make it as a big-time starting pitcher? No, not a doubt. He's The stuff's there. The mentality's there. And, I mean, he's fun to watch. He's put up plenty of zeros already in his young career. And, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that steps on the mound. You're like, all right, Grayson's day. And, um, you know, he's going to give us a chance to win. Uh, before I let you go, I want to I want to go back to a second, of just because I, I I remember when my wife and I got married, it was very awkward sending out the invites, right? Because you can only have so many people at a wedding. What are the politics within the clubhouse about inviting guys to the wedding? Like, do you have to invite everyone on the team to the wedding? Like, guys that get caught. Like, how does that? What are the politics when it comes to sending out the invites right now? You know. I- I haven't really thought about that, but yeah. I think I think everyone I think everyone's grown men and kind of understand. You say that? Oh, you're about. To, I know you're about to find out otherwise, bro. I know that's about to be the case. Someone that you have no uh-huh. idea cares so much is gonna be like, "Wow, really? I I didn't make the cut, huh?" <laughs> like, oh, that's that's weird. I, did, I thought we were cool. I, I did have a college buddy who that was really hard for him. He's like, if I got him, if I invite this guy, then I have to invite this other guy because he's kind of in that same tier, dude. It is you are going to have nights where she's gonna be talking to you about it and you'll be like, I just want to worry about just, pitching. Just a lope. Just, just a lope. <laughs> yeah, just right, a lope. Right, run off. Don't do the wedding. Plus, you know how much more awkward it's gonna be when somebody does it when I've gotta go back to like Adam Frazier and say, by the way, I got an invite and you didn't. Like Justin, I've got to put that out there. It's gonna make it so much more uncomfortable at that point. I won't do that to no, you. Okay? Yeah, no, you'd understand. <laughs> Don't get married, Mike. <laughs> Take it from somebody that's been married close to 25 years. Don't do it. Yeah. Hey, Mike. No, uh, no, I'm no. just kidding. Can't be saying just, that yet. Just kidding. Dude, I, I can't even get over how happy I am for you, man. You're a great dude. You've always been a great dude. And to see you kick ass the way that you've been kicking ass has been so cool for us. Of course, at big underscore Mike Bauman. On uh, Instagram is how you can give him a follow. Always appreciate you, man. Continue your dominance and really appreciate you hopping back on with us this morning. Uh, I appreciate it as well. It's always a pleasure coming on here and talking to you guys. Thanks, Thanks Michael. Mike Bauman with us here on GCR. Great guy. and um, Really pitching well. I, I mean, I, it's a revelation, man. Yeah. It really, you know, like between he and Cano, it's it's unreal what it is they found in those guys to Are start the season. Are you crying right now? No, I'm not crying. It's I feel allergies? I, this is, it is that type of year right. where it comes, plus it, it's hot in here and I yeah. didn't take my jacket off like an idiot. Right. And I don't like doing it in the middle of a, because if somebody's watching on the video, I don't want to be distracting, like what's going on, you know? Couldn't so, we turn his camera off for like 30 seconds and then... Is that an option? 
Is that uh, an option? Actually, yeah, I can just bring okay. you down, and it's just gonna be me and Stan. Yeah, you guys can just you guys can just talk for just a second. Just two handsome guys. Although at this point we're talking about it, I might as well just take it off. We're yeah. having yeah. it's no. I'm it, I'm past <laughs> the point of it being distracting. Okay. No, I thought you got emotional. No, no. I look. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy for Mike Bauman. Yeah, I'm very I, I happy am for too. Mike Bauman. Yeah. And he's a, he's a dude that's come on with us a million times yeah. over the years, and has always been a really good dude. So I'm thrilled for him. But no, it's the it's I, the pollen and the. I wanted to ask him, but I just chose not to let the interview end. I do. I, I'm sure he's pretty tight with Zach Lowther, Lowther whose yeah, career went the opposite way. Yeah. And yeah, you know, dude put in like six six or eight years trying to get to the and big leagues never. and really make it, and it just not doesn't appear it's going to happen. That's unfortunate. Yes, yeah. you're right. It does appear to be and the probably case. just as good a dude. I've always enjoyed yeah. chatting with Zach. He is yeah. a good dude, too. But, no, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see someone who's, you know, been through some struggles come around, find a come role. Come out the other side. Correct, yeah. and make it work. And it's funny because I don't think he's BSing you with that answer. I think – like, look, if if he really wants to be a starting it's so pitcher, really, it's so such a relief to to have that confidence now. I belong. That a lot of people just say, "Hey, why would I mess I'm with so, that? Why would I mess with yep. this?" You know, that's the sense and I that think, I got. Again, I I I know I'm beating a dead horse with this right now. I still think he'll end up a relief pitcher. That's why I think DL Hall. They're just missing. Using up those bullets that he has. You think you know. he, I've never heard you mention that about DL Hall. It's really, really <laughs> random that you would bring it's that first up. first time. No, I, and I think what you said is exactly the way it came out for him. Like, dude, why would I be thinking about anything yeah. other than just yep. succeeding? The thing that it's working for me, why would I consider anything else yeah. other than just doing this thing that's <clears> been <throat> awesome for me? And that's that's what I felt when you asked that question, was it yeah. was a very gen- like you almost heard like a little bit of a chuckle in there, like yeah. no, dude, yeah. I'm doing, I'm, not I'm even, real happy I'm right not now, not even thinking about right. it. Like I am just gonna do this. All right, when we come back in, we'll talk a little bit about the draft because Stan and I will not be doing another show before the draft, so we'll talk a little bit about what the Ravens might do. We'll get a tidbit and tubular to wind things down. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Yeah, a kind of a, a look and the, the fallout of Calvin Ridley a year ago, a big story in the NFL today. Three players have been suspended indefinitely. Two others have been suspended for six games related to gambling policy violations. Yeah. You know, I feel terrible about this because I know these players. Oh, and these... I told them about the press box oh, slash offer. Damn it, thing. Stan. You should have yeah. never mentioned that. I thought them. it was legal now. Ah, you know, well, it's legal for everybody else. Yeah, as long not for players. They make this abundantly clear. As long as you are not a current NFL player. You can gamble. You can go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now and get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings at pressboxonline.com slash offers. But if you are an active NFL player... You can't do that. Yeah, if you are... Or you're in jeopardy of being suspended. If Lamar Jackson, you're such a fan of the Lamar meter that you've been tuned in for the entirety of the show. If, for whatever reason, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you just love Mike Bauman, and so you're, you're glued... Listening to Mike Bauman this morning, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't. You can't do that. Not an option. I feel for terrible. Him. You know, I don't blame. I don't blame you. And it probably is going to ruin my relationship with Dan Campbell. Oh, it's yeah. it's over. And he was. It seems like such a good guy yeah. too. It's yeah. a real mistake. Yeah. Uh, so the player, three players suspended for the year. Quintez Cephas is a is a real player, yeah. right? Like he's been a helpful piece for them. C.J. Moore, not as significant. And then Shaka Tony of the Washington Commanders, who's a player but not significant, significant. They're all suspended indefinitely, so at least through the end of this season, much like the Calvin Ridley suspension from a year ago. Then Stanley Berryhill, who I have to be totally honest with you guys, I don't even know who that is, so I, I can't tell you anything. It's one of my um, aliases. Oh, you use that on the road so that you keep, keep the crowds from yeah. knowing... That, that Stan Charles is there because right. if they knew you would be overwhelmed. I, mean, what a, I used to use a Blackberry. Yeah, Barry Hill. Bear, Barry Hill. It does yeah. make all the sense in the world. Jamison Williams is obviously the headlining name from this list. Of course, this uh, is significant for a team that was really on, on the, the right, cusp. On yes. the cusp yep. of really Very much doing on some the great cusp. things. Now he's only suspended for six games, so that's the good news for them is that they will get him back. You know, before the midway point of the season, but. Like the NFL is very clearly not they're taking this thing seriously and for everybody that says, Well, really, Calvin Ridley wasn't even playing, like they, they are making it abundantly clear. This is there is no gray area here. 
There is no, well, you can bet on other things. They're telling you, you can do whatever you want in the world. Whatever you want to do, you can do it, except this one thing. While you're an active player. Correct. You right. can't When you do retire, they, they got no problem with it. And I know that there will be opinions that'll be like, well, what does this have to do? This isn't going to impact. They're not throwing games. They're not even betting on their own game. Whatever comes out. Right. I don't know what we're going to learn about what these guys were specifically doing. But the NFL has made it abundantly clear. You can't bet on football. You can't do it. I believe they even let you bet on golf. I even believe they let you bet on others. I, I got to double check that, but I think we found that out last year in the aftermath of the Calvin Ridley thing is that they'll let you bet on other sports. Right. You cannot bet on football. You cannot be involved in anything that would compromise them. And you can say, well, isn't that hypocritical when they're advertising gambling? It's conversation for a different day. If you can't understand as a football player that you can't bet on football, that's that's on you, man. Like that's on you. I I can't help you there. So, look, it's you know obviously it's bad news, and four of these players are Lions players, so there's something clearly going on within the Lions locker room. And the headline story has a just a note, and it says while Quintez Cephas, C.J. Moore. Yeah. And a commander's yeah. DE yeah. are suspended indefinitely. Yeah, they're the ones that are suspended for at least the totality of the 2023 wow. season. So that's the uh, you that's think the that'll affect the price or the commander's? Uh, the sale? No, I don't think those two things will have much of anything to do with no. each other. My God, this there's this mystery third guy that's been bidding on the commanders that nobody knows anything about. That was a, a Duke basketball player. You might know the guy. Brian Davis played basketball at Duke years ago. He's a... PG County kid doesn't ring a bell. Well, it didn't suddenly ring. A, is all of a sudden someone that no one's really ever heard of, other than these, you know, sort of vague, is throwing out a seven million dollar bid for the Washington Commanders, which makes everybody think that he's fronting money for like the Saudis or something like that. He did an interview with my guys, the Junkies, down in D.C. the other right, day, right. and I like kept I kept hearing about it. People were tweeting about how bizarre it was. There was a oh my god, this quote about. Hang on a second. This is a legit, you have to hear this quote about where his money comes from. It, it was, wait a second. My, my money comes from white people, was the quote. My money, money comes, comes from, from white my money comes from white people who are Jewish, Italian, and Sicilian. Now, Brian Davis, for what it's worth, not white. He's, right. He's African-American. Right. Um, what a bizarre quote this was in the course of a meandering interview where they kept trying to, like, figure out Please explain what? How are you wealthy? And like he just couldn't get a straight answer right. from this guy whatsoever. And so most people think he's not legitimate. But well, a quote like that, I don't know why you make takes that away thing, all right? the yeah. questions yeah. Well, well, of his credibility. Why would that be the case? Yeah. Uh, really quickly, Stan. Next Thursday night, uh, NFL draft gets underway. As you mentioned, you talked to KZ last night. Where are you at with what you would like to see the Ravens do, and what you expect to see the Ravens do? Well, it's interesting because I talked to you off air just a couple minutes ago, and KZ and you have sort of the same opinion that they will most likely move out of that number 22 pick. I I still think that, to me, with how tight money is going to be, I have a feeling they're going to trade somebody significant to get the draft pick. Capital, I, Patrick but, Queen is the obvious yeah. choice, right? Like, and I, I certainly could see that. I would tell you, I'm not going to be surprised if they do both things. I just, the Ravens, five, five picks is what they took in the fourth round last year, right? right? Like, right. they want to have <clears throat> more ammunition, going as in. many picks as possible. 
I the, just think that the cornerback position, KZ identified two mm-hmm. or three names that were really prominent, and I think that that's clearly their biggest need right now. I guess if the right wide receiver were there or some freakish drop where somebody they've gotten their top five yep. is available, all bets are off. You know? I still think we have to have more of an edge rusher, edge rusher conversation than we're having. Yeah. I, I think what we're saying is how many assets can you throw at one position? Well, my answer would be until you've got one that you can reliably count on, I think you you keep throwing ass until you solve it. Yeah. Like this is the – to me, it's like talking about the wide receiver thing when people say, well, they're not good at drafting wide receivers. So you just give up? Right. So you just never have any wide receivers? Like, I get it. They're not good at drafting wide receivers, but they need to figure out wide receiver, and Odell Beckham's only here for a year at this moment. So I'm not – I am in no way as dismissing wide receiver. Plus, they still only have two, and that's provided Odell Beckham is healthy and some some version of Odell Beckham next Wouldn't season. they have three? Duvernay? If you're counting Duvernay. But yeah, Duvernay. I, I just – I hope that Duvernay proves to be a guy. I hope yeah. that's the case. It's been so. What in- was his injury? He was his foot, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't a list Frank, though. Was I'm it? trying to remember what it was, and I I'm gonna have to look it All up because right. I don't off the top of my All head. Right. Um, yeah, he was limping. It was a foot. I don't know exactly yeah. what the injury was, but to the point, I yes would agree that cornerback is the most pronounced immediate need. Like that's the place where you say we would be uncomfortable fielding what we have at second cornerback. Like, to say we're going to line up Brandon Stevens as our second corner right now is unnerving. Whereas you could say, hey, as long as both Bateman and Beckham are healthy, you can live with your top two wide receivers if you have to. You obviously can live at running back and at tight end. And, you know, you think you're going to figure it out in replacing Ben Powers. You think you have internal options. So basically everywhere else you can say we're at least okay with what we have to run out there except for that second cornerback spot. You know, I asked KZ last night, and he did have a name. I said, is there a guy, I'm not talking about the Ravens surprising us and moving up to the number three Mm -hmm. pick and getting a quarterback or even taking this hooker, you know. um, Not the double hooker. Not the double hooker. 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 Yes, correct. But I said, is there a name out there? Is there a name out there in later round of a quarterback? And he mentioned this guy, Cade. Oh, yeah. Cade um, Ballou. Th- uh, thank you. I'm ch- oh, my God. Yeah, from I know Houston. exactly. Yes. From Houston. And he got very excited about him. He's saying he's really a guy that I think will go somewhere in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. Barlett. Cade, Cade Barlett, right? Barlett. Yeah, Cade okay. Barlett. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Wait, is that no, the one? No, no uh, that's not Clayton the one. Toon. Is that who Toon, we're thinking of? Clayton Toon yeah, is Clayton the Houston Toon. quarterback. Cade, right. Cade Barlett was McNeese. Yes, okay. thank you. Different Houston. Checking so two guys thrown together right now. Right. So anyway, he he was really going. So do you think the Ravens will take a quarterback in the draft? <sighs> I'm in a weird place with that, right? Yeah. Where I can understand the argument, but at the same time, you're going to have Huntley and Brown on your roster too. Right. So. To take a quarterback, would Bra- wouldn't would Brown have to be on your roster? Wouldn't have to be, but I mean, he made it sound like this guy's a heck of a football player. I, I get it, I understand that, and look, there is the possibility you can find that guy. And yes, yeah. obviously, the again, if they're not going to get a long term deal done with Lamar, and you're going to keep going through this thing, at some point they have to cut bait. But I I don't think you're cutting bait with Lamar Jackson to give Clayton Tune your starting quarterback job in the future. I think you're if you're cutting bait with Lamar, it's because you do finally get a legitimate 
you know, real trade offer that involves you getting a pick that you use on mm-hmm. your actual quarterback. W- am I opposed to it? Not necessarily. Like I, I, I don't feel strong enough about Tyler Huntley, frankly. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like him, nice guy, good story, yeah. but I'd rather an upgrade have an upgrade there as if there's some unfortunately as you saw if the situation were to play out where you need somebody to play a couple games this year right. i'd rather have a better quarterback on the field than tyler huntley if that guy could also end up being you know like you feel so confident a about guy. him at some point a then that's yeah. a good problem to have yeah. i guess i would say it would be lower on my priority list of things for the ravens to do they have tied themselves to lamar jackson whatever anybody's opinion is yeah. they have tied themselves to lamar jackson so if that's the case then I think they need to try to put as good of a football team around Lamar Jackson as they possibly can to go try to win this year. So it would make that lower on my list of priorities. Not 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 a this would be insane, just I would rather them get cornerback, wide receiver, another edge rusher, another inside you know, interior offensive lineman that could be an option perhaps to replace Ben Powers down the road. I would just those would be higher priorities for me than drafting a quarterback in the first you know, four rounds of the draft. Okay. The way that I would feel about it, I'm I am a like Ken. I am convinced they're trading out of twenty. I just and with Hendon Hooker being the wild card, with them perhaps being able to get a team to that dang, wants, that wants to, to jump, jump in front of Minnesota, that that just makes it valuable to them. And them saying, look, if internally they think Deontay Banks is significantly better than Cam Smith, if they believe that strong, then then take that guy. Right. I I will I forever say that. I will always prefer you get rock star player over multiple picks. And is Minnesota directly after the Ravens? You're correct. The next pick is the Minnesota. Next pick. Yep, the next pick is Minnesota. And there's just this common belief. Are there any are there any history where a team like that will give the Ravens something it, it has trade, happened trade up just so they don't the Ravens don't right, deal trade with it somebody, to somebody else? else? Correct. It normally does not happen until basically you get to the pick. Right, like you get to the pick, your phone is telling you somebody else is calling the Ravens, so you then yeah. like ahead of time, it would not be a trade that would make sense for Minnesota to make right. because they're saying, well, the Ravens aren't going to trade. Then somebody will jump in front of the right their new pick. So now what? What was the point of doing? The last so you get to the pick, yep. and the Ravens, you find out from somebody else. How many else, seconds do you have? You have ten minutes, I believe, now in the first oh, round. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. 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 So you find out, you know, somebody's on your phone saying, look, man, the Ravens are talking to the, the Raiders right now. Right. And then you pick up and say, all right, what are the Raiders going to give you? We're giving you literally the next pick. Right. So you're going to get the same guy that you wanted here. You're going to get with the next pick. You're not going to run the risk of moving back 10 picks, and we'll throw in right. whatever it is the Raiders were going to throw in, too, in order to make that And that might – something like that could happen, like, with two minutes to go into ten minutes 100%. because you don't want to take the chance of giving, yeah. Yep. Now, you famously run into the the Byron Leftwich r- risk right. where you don't get the card up there in time or whatever. Yeah. But, yes, I think that they will play that out for sure. Okay. All right, Stan. Drift is in KC this in year. In Kansas City, yes, indeed, starting on Thursday night. Thursday night, one round. Yep. Friday night, two rounds. Yes. And then Saturday, the rest exactly of the whole Exactly correct. Exactly right. All right. All right, Griffin, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels. Heating, they do everything at A.J. Michaels, by the way. It's heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance. 
They're going to help you improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are like, available. Like fast, like 90 today, degrees yes, today. Correct. Yeah. Today is and exactly you ready right. for it. Not at all. So now we're warning you. 100%. Get it taken care of now because there will probably be one more cool spell before we're definitively into summer. There will probably be one more week where it cools down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it's hell. And it fools you because it's, it's Satan's taint after that. Because it fools you because at night it can still get oh, cool. Oh, you, you need yeah. a little. I t- this morning yeah. after I felt it last night, I thought I needed to grab my little thin jacket. Yeah. I sure as hell do not need my little thin jacket no, today. No. Not necessary. No. Again, AJMichaels.com is how you find out more. What you got? Uh, Jamal Murray on Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night he became the third player ever to uh, have. I'm interested more... in the fact that you're doing like all NBA right now. We don't have a team here. Yeah, I know. Well, they're they're easy. Uh, they're easy. A lot of stats come from the NBA. I also like doing them on Tuesday, Thursdays, cause, so that Charles can participate in the tidbit. Okay, well today's not one of those days. I know. Well, I'm pointing this out. Go this, ahead. This won't Go be the ahead. actual trivia. Third player ever to have more 40 point games in the postseason than the regu- than the regular season, as he now has five. Uh, postseason games with 40 or more points I, to his four regular season I, I, games. Norman Powell had 40 points he last did, night. Yeah. I'm going to guess he hasn't had a lot of 40 point mm-hmm. games in his career. Well, either. so it, with at least two uh, postseason games. Oh, okay. of, is, so, yeah. so, the, so he, there are two other players, uh, Penny Hardaway and Sam Castle, both have two playoff Steve, games. No, please don't. No, you didn't just say that, did you? What did I say? Did you hear what he just said? He said Penny Hardaway. And, and did you hear the second name that he said? Castle? No, no, no. He said Sam Castle. Castle. So, so I didn't know who he was. Sam Cassell. Yes. Cassell. Yeah, Sam Cassell. That's what I said. It's an age thing. He's like one of the most iconic basketball players in Baltimore history. Yeah. But he Somebody know you that. should know. Oh, okay. Someone you should know. Yeah. Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Yes. Yeah. Let's work on that. All right. I believe uh, still an assistant with the Sixers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think I he, he is, is still working. on staff. I, I talk, think he'll make a great. Well, I head think he coach. could have made a great head coach a few years ago. I yeah. talked to Sam last spring after the Sixers got eliminated, right? And I could kind of hear in his voice some of the frustration he was feeling about being this deep and not having gotten a chance yet. Like I. Was he a disciple up, uh, at some point? Popovich hired him as an assistant, didn't he? I don't think so. I don't think he was ever in San Antonio. Okay. He was. I mean, he was in Washington for a little bit right. as an assistant. Right. Then I'm pretty sure it was with the Clippers after that with Doc, okay. if I remember correctly. Uh, okay. Well, no, maybe. Well, speaking of head coaching vacancies, uh, yeah. Nick Nurse just got fired from Toronto. Not that far removed from having won an NBA title. Yeah, that is correct. In his rookie year as the coach, right. so he became the ninth rookie coach to ever win a NBA Finals. Uh, and I want to see, well, just quickly, I want to see if you guys can name the three guys before him that won in their rookie year. Almost no chance. Okay. Uh, right, well, Ty, Ty Lue. Yes, Tyron right. Lue. Ty Lue, most course, recently before them. Nick Nurse. Oh, uh, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr the year before that, and then a big long long gap uh, before this Los Angeles Lakers. Coach. Oh, the guy that uh, that was in the the documentary. Um, oh, what the hell was the guy's name? Nineteen eighty two. Oh, that was it was yeah. eighty. Oh, so then it was Pat Riley. Was Pat Riley, yes. So then, Pat what Riley. was the? But who was the guy that was in the? Oh, damn it! <laughs> the guy that uh, oh it was pa- Paul. Um, you know who I'm, Paul West, West Westhead, Westhead, Paul West, Westhead. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, um, Won that first West, title with a, when when yeah when what's his face was in the bike accident. Right. It was Paul Westhead, Westhead won who won the title yep. that year, yep. and he would have been a rookie coach for sure. Yeah. 
But that would have been, yes. yes. Pat Riley would have yeah, been yeah, after Paul that. Westhead, yeah, yes. in 1980. By the way, yeah. there's no connection between Sam Cassell and Popovich directly. But just read a piece. He's he's going to interview for the Rockets job, I, Sam Cassell. Well, I, didn't he play? He may be going under the name of Sam Castle. Castle, now. maybe that's who it is. He played in Houston, right? Didn't he start yes, his career yes, in did. Houston, yeah. Sam Cassell? All right, and then I saw this. Rooting, uh, rooting for Sam. Love Sam love Cassell. Sam rooting for Sam Cassell. Of course, won a title with the Celtics. Um, now he's a guest you would have one if he gets that job. You would reach out and probably I, well, have we him. definitely we definitely reach out and try to make that happen. And again, I I, I talked to him. It was a connection through Rita that I got in touch with him last year. Right. After the playoffs were over, he was like, he was like, I'll come on your show, but I can't talk about the Sixers. I was like, that's mm. awkward. <laughs> like, that's a weird. That's kind of what you're doing right now. He was like, well, if you just that's wanted political, to like, you know. if you just wanted to talk about like the finals or something, we could do that. I was like, all right, we'll see what we can do. I like, I like Sam yeah. a lot. I really do. I hope he gets that. Job. I no question. Okay, so awesome. I so I saw a stat going around earlier in the week uh, about Golden Sombreros is the most players or the most games. Chris Davis. Chris Davis is number one. Yeah, I mean, I figured that was probably where we were going. <laughs> most games uh, with an over four and four strikeouts. Uh, so yeah, Chris Davis is number one on this list. Seventeen games. I'm not the least surprising thing you've ever I mean, told career, me in the history. So of career, 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 yeah, career, some, yeah, career Sombreros. Who else is um, on the list? Yes, I want to see if you guys name the top nine. They all have eleven or more games of. Four strikeouts. Mark Reynolds. Four at-bats. Mark Reynolds is just outside of uh, making the cut here. He had And this eight, is in I the believe. history of the game? Yes. How many guys? Not did, nine for Mark Reynolds. How many actually. guys did you say there were? Nine. Nine. Oh, so you have one. Gorman, Gorman Thomas in there? Gorman Thomas is, mm, he is just outside of my How cutoff. How about Dave Kingman? Dave Kingman? Ooh, that's a good one. Dave Kingman also mm, not outside. on my list. Yeah. What about Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard is, yeah, oh, I thought he was on the list. He is not on the list. Really? Yeah, he is also just outside with nine games. Big nine sombreros. Nine sombreros for Ryan Howard. Uh, all time strikeout. God, I'm this is this is more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a, I mean, every single name on here. Is oh, uh, how about Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo, yes, sixteen. So hopefully he breaks oh, Chris Davis' record. He's going to break yeah, Chris's right. record. He's going to. I know one guy that's rooting it. for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> take that off the list. And, um, and Mark Reynolds wasn't one of them. But how about Stanton? Uh, he yes, out a lot. Giancarlo right? Stanton, yeah. twelve. He is uh, tied for Very fifth good. with twelve Very sombreros good. in his career, chasing Chris Davis. Aaron Judge? Uh, not Aaron Judge. Okay. I don't like where your head's at. I'm going to say Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey, uh, not on this list. Okay. How many are like old-time play, like from the 60s or 70s? None. Really, none. none. Yeah, so they're all, all like recent. 80s. Yeah. It's all recent 80s is, stuff. is the most recent. Oh, God. Not Sammy Sosa. Uh, not Sammy Sosa. How about Josh Bell? Not Josh Bell. Oh, I like Josh Bell. Yeah. How about um, the big uh, Adam Dunn? Adam Dunn is third on this list. Fourteen sombreros for Adam Dunn. Big donkey. How about the the new uh, Red Sox guy who's only been in the league for three weeks? Yoshida. He's already already made the list. Uh, No, he's not. He has less than eight. I'll try Mark Trumbo. Uh, Trumbo not 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 on the list. I. I'm really trying to rack my brain. Yeah, you might have to start guiding us. One of them is uh, an active player. One of them uh, is a set of twins, no longer active, but he's a set of twins. He's one half of... Minnesota twins, not twin brothers. No, twin brothers, yes. Wait. Yeah. They're actually twin brothers? Yeah. Uptons. Yeah. Both Justin and No, no, no. Just just one of the Or Melvin. 
It is BJ. Yeah. BJ Upton. Okay. Yes, BJ Upton sense. had 11 That's sombreros in his career. Wow. Um, Still one more active player. One more active, one more player. active player. And there's a two-sport athlete on this list. Oh, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson had 12 uh, sombreros in his career. I didn't know that, but there's only so many, yeah. and I don't. It wasn't going to be Dion. How many so. golden sombreros did Michael Jordan have in his? Yeah, minor league probably career? had a few. Garth Brooks when he was playing spring training uh, with the Padres. <laughs> this active player uh, is on the Mariners. Yeah, he's on the Mariners right now. Active Mariner that has before that in Cincinnati for a little for the bulk of his career. Oh, um, not Winker. Not Winker. Not Winker. The other guy Winker's on Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio Suarez. I didn't realize there were that many. I didn't 13 sombreros. He is wow. fourth yeah. all time wow. with 13 sombreros. Right. Well, he might pass Gallo and Chris Davis. The other two guys, uh, he was with the Brewers. This guy was with the Brewers, and then the other guy with the uh, Giants for most of his career. Mit- Kevin Mitchell? Not. Oh, sorry, Tigers, not the Giants. Tiger. He started his career with the Tigers. Tigers and the, the Brewers? The other guy, other guy, Brewers. This guy started his career with Cecil the Tigers. Cecil Fielder? Not Cecil Fielder. In the nineties, in the nineties, he started with the Tigers. Rob Deere, Rob Deere Rob is Deere. is on this he list. He was definitely a donkey. Good, he was for guess. sure yeah. a yeah. big softball. I was swinger. trying to think of guys like that, and the, the sort of but he would also like he, he would he, Rob Deere would either hit it, would either strike out or hit a ball legitimately out of Tiger Stadium. Right. Like would ju- it would leave the actual. So the last guy is. Hey, a, I was referring to him on the Brewers. So this guy, the, the other guy, is still a Tiger. He started his career with the Tigers in the nineties. So Deer played for both teams. Yeah, yeah. Right? He played for both of them. He ended his career with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Started with the Tigers, and did with the Diamondbacks. Man. Oh God. Um. Travis Fryman? No. Uh, Travis Ryman no never clue. ended up with a down. I've got no clue. Tony Clark? Yeah, Tony oh, Clark. Oh, good yeah, there one. You go. Tony good Clark. one. Now, Absolutely. Uh, I just well happened done. to look over at his computer. Yeah. Oh, and and you look, no, you saw... I did not see oh, okay. the name Tony Clark. I was looking over at you, and I saw a picture of Tony Clark. Oh, okay. As, so, as head right, of the MLB. Right. But that is good. That, that is, is good. a good one. Yeah, is Tony Clark. Didn't Most he play with, so he played with both teams? He was a Tiger. He was a Tiger. I believe no, he did end with Arizona. I think he I yeah, thought he, he snuck in a cameo somewhere else too. I thought he, he had with, Arizona. He was with both New York's and Boston okay. as yeah. well for yeah. a season each. I thought that was the case. All right, good deal. Good deal. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Birdland Sports. If you want your own Homer hose, you can go right now to birdlandsports.com. They're available for $15. birdlandsports.com to so, get your own Homer hose. So when the bullpen gets there they're sprinklers. They're, yeah, they're, they're sprinklers. going to do. They can do the four bag fountain, maybe. The so. four bag fountain. All right. I think we might be trying too hard. We okay. might be How trying about the golden too hard. sombrero. Uh, something. So I don't think anybody wants to celebrate that. Oh, you say if we'll the pitcher, when Joey Gallo. When the pitcher they, records they, someone's right, four strikeout. Right. Now, okay. Now I'm listening to you on that. I'm not opposed to it. Uh, Tubular is brought to you this weekend by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Masson 2 for Orioles and Tigers tonight. I don't know why, because the Orioles are at home. That makes no sense, but I don't make the rules. Michael Lorenzen, Tyler Wells tonight at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night at 7, it's Joey Wentz and Kyle Gibson. By the way, the rest of the country tomorrow night's game is also on FS1 
And on Sunday at 1.30, TBA and Grayson Rodriguez. Can I just interject something? Yes. I don't know if you'd mentioned it today. I don't think you have. Apparently, it now looks like Bryce Harper could be back in early May oh, that's significant. in an unbelievable return really from is Tommy John. Quite significant, no doubt about that. Wow, okay. Um, uh, anyway, sorry, yes. I'm sorry. No, you're good, you're good. My brain was just... Tomorrow night, of course, the big story of the weekend is the fight, Showtime pay-per-view, Javante Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia at 8 o'clock, $84.99. So if you are ordering the fight and uh, you'd like somebody to stop by with beer, that's what Stan used to do. And I would normally bring a beer that nobody would drink, and so I would leave having with watched the fight and, and with the beer, beer that Very I brought. Smart. It was a really, really savvy move <laughs> on my part. Uh, lacrosse it's supposed to be a pretty darn good fight. Well, it's, it's by far the biggest fight of his career, and by far. And will that fight? Will that fight? Yes. Will that fight go off at? Uh, at Eleven. 11 o'clock, I would 11, say in that 15, range, yeah, yeah, somewhere probably. in that in that neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're watching the fight or you're getting together, let me know, and I will uh, try to come join you if possible. Uh, okay, tomorrow night, uh, Hopkins, Maryland. Of course, big night of lacrosse tomorrow night in the. What's the what? How's the weather shaking out? Where are we at let's with see, that? Who we are now? That we're 24 yeah, hours. I'm out a little here. bit nervous about that because I do kind of want to take the kids if possible. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. Wait, what you sorry, got for me? Sorry, what you sorry. got for me? The Hopkins, Maryland game is at six o'clock down in College Park. It's on Big Ten Network. If you can't make it out. And it's not great. It's, <sighs> it's going to be raining uh, tomorrow. Like tomorrow will be rain in the forecast. Army Navy lacrosse tomorrow night, seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network from down in Annapolis. Uh, playoff action throughout the weekend. You can find it all at glennclarkradio.com. I'll let you find everything else at glennclarkradio.com. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out? There is a series. FX is doing a new like document series, documentary series, uh, Dear Mama. It is about uh, Tupac and his uh, and uh, his his mom, and you know the story of you know how he helped her, how she helped okay. him, that kind of all thing. Right. So that is on FX. Uh, the new movie Ghosted on Apple TV Plus with uh, Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Oh, They're right. yeah. like rom. I think it's supposed to be a rom com. Um and new show called Dead Ringers on Prime Video. Uh, Rachel Wise she plays twins and but they both are like gynecologists. It's it's a show about like cloning, I think, and that's what I think the big twist is going to be. Rachel Wise okay. cloned herself. Okay, is what and it, it's uh, uh it's like a psycho. I, mean, I think I'm gonna here. pass. Oh come on, Rachel Wise is married to uh what Daniel Craig. Is she really? James Did I Bond. know that? Yeah. I don't know that I even knew that. Good for her. Uh, otherwise, I mean, good for him too, but mostly good for her. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, not a uh, not not a whole lot. The new episode of The Power with Josh Charles, a new episode of Marvelous Miss Maisel, uh, new episodes as well of Succession, Barry, and Lucky Hank on Sunday nights. Uh, Lucky Hank's good. I I like Lucky Hank. Yeah, I like it a lot. I am actually I'm a little bit behind because I don't know why I'm behind. I just haven't. Oh, you know what? I had to download the. I had to download an app on my. We, uh, my wife downloaded an app on our Fire Stick that is taking up a lot of space, mm. and now I have to pick and choose what else I wanted to. I had to like delete the Tennis Channel app for a couple weeks until the French what? Open starts. I mean, I'll get it back. Right. I, last night I had to download the NBA app in order to watch the Suns game. So now that we're cord cutters, until I figure out how to get more space, because she has one particular app called Plex that takes up a lot of space. What does that do? Uh, I, I think it might be. I think it might actually be stealing things. I think it might actually. Will that be app help you watch uh, the Javante the fight? Fans? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting involved with that. I think it. I think it. I don't know. I don't really understand Plex. I don't know what it is because it doesn't look like it's illegal in any way. 
But there's a lot of stuff on Plex that I'm like, this is weird. This <laughs> feels like it shouldn't. Isn't that also on another app? It's very weird. All right. Uh, very good. Stan, you will be on tomorrow morning with the boys. I'll be on tomorrow morning with the boys. Monday, Ross and I will be doing something. Thursday, we will not be on because John Colson reminded me it's that the, the NFL, NFL draft, draft, draft is on. I had to cancel Pat Scary for a second time because I, I hectically rescheduled I'm him be right you. into the – I think he might hate you now. No, You're gonna he have doesn't. To, I, I think he might. Him. I called him directly, yeah, you should and see he the, does not hate you me. You should see the text he sent me, Stan. I got bad news. Is this kind of like uh, – Oh, what was? who was it that we said wanted, didn't want to talk to you? Was it Tariko? Yeah, yeah Tariko does not like – Just hated you, unfortunately. What did I ever do to Mike Tariko? And I have to figure that out and solve that problem. Um, all right, well, we'll look forward to that on Monday. And, of course, you'll be doing power rankings as well. Power rankings, yes. Pressboxonline.com, and you and Luke uh, yes. will do a video about that as well yeah. on Monday. All right. Uh, thanks today to the pitching ninja, Rob Freeman. Something is coming up Monday. I'm glad you brought that up, and I was just racking my head. Yes. I'm having a procedure done. Uh-oh. Uh, it, and I've talked to the doctor. It should not affect my throat, but it is something going now, down. Have you, have you chosen a new name? Is it going to be like no. Stephanie? No, this or? is not a, a oh. gender, right. gender well, I, thing. I wanted you to know I was going to support you. Yeah. I just wanted to be the one to tell you. Whatever the choices are. You know, my my long-term plan as I aged yes. was a gender thing, I, you know, changing <laughs> genders to make money in pro sports. See? You know? And now, who knew the political environment? Ah, I was going to ruin it for you, those jerks. You had it all mapped out. Well, I wish you well. You're, everything's going to be all right? Yeah, okay. I hope so. All right, I hope I that's hope so. the case. Yeah. But, but Luke and I will, will confer about that. It might be like 4 or 5 o'clock. Okay. Something like that, because I might be a little grind. I get it. I, 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 well, that actually might be more entertaining, Stan. Yeah, you right. might want to consider doing the show when you're in that. <laughs> we might want to get a camera on you in that situation. Get some real Stan the Fan feelings. Uh, yeah. get, How do you feel a, about John yeah. Colson? Right. How All do you feel about right Luke Jackson? Yeah, well, we already told you. You already told us how you felt about Kyle earlier. <laughs> we can really Love get to Kyle. the bottom of things. Love Kyle. All right, thanks today to the pitching ninja, Rob Friedman, and to Mike Bauman. Those are fun conversations this morning. We'll get them both up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, Tony Skin's going to join yes. us on Monday, former Maryland assistant, now the uh, head coach at George Mason. Of course, a George Mason basketball legend. So a cool move for him. By the way, uh, if you missed it yesterday, Tavon Sadler is going to Nichols to be the head coach. So three people that were on the staff for Kevin Willard last wow. year are now all head coaches at the D1 level this season. Wow. It's pretty wild. Tony Skin, Grant Billmeyer, and now Tavon Sadler, a Baltimore native, who will uh, be the head coach at Nichols moving forward. So congratulations to him. Uh, but another role that uh, will have to be filled on, a director of ops role that will have to be filled on uh, the staff for Kevin Willard. Is there any new news on... Uh, Hunter Dickinson? Apparently yeah. he's going to go to Kentucky too. He's going to uh, visit Kentucky as well. So... I, I don't to, love that. I, I talked to my buddy Bruce Posner the other day. He's convinced he's doing all of this to get more money out of that Michigan. Might, oh, to, I mean, oh, to go back. back to Michigan. Okay. All right. Maybe. He, he brought up an interesting thing. He and his daughter were talking about the, the degree. Now, look, he's going to plan on playing, I guess, pro ball, mm -hmm. right? But the degree from Michigan has a great deal of value in it. I don't disagree, but a degree from Maryland has a lot of value too, more so not than com not not comparatively in terms of big corporate hires and all that. Michigan is like well, I, don't, top, I would have to know top, specifically top what tier. what is it that he's 
I is it if it's a business degree, you're right. It's 100%, a business then, degree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. No question yeah. about that. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas in Hartford Community College, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, go local lacrosse teams, Duke, and go, I guess, Tank Davis. Duke sucks.